Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Check one, check two, check one, check two, check one, check two. It's Thursday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. That means the Wobos are knocking them out. Wyoming no longer here. (laughs) Baby. See ya. See ya, Wyoming. Check you later. Check you. Well, not that Maldonado kid. He could uh, could, could stick around. He went off. Olick was like, uh, I got him, coach. <laughs> Nobody got him. Nobody Sorry. had him. What, you go for 36? You go for 36? In my estimation, it looks like they're playing pretty solid defense against him for the most part, and he still he, uh, shoots the lights out. Goes yeah, for he's 36. pretty good. He's pretty good. In a loss. So. Had a couple of pretty good players in the Lobos last night, including Jalen House, who went for like just short of 30. So that dude's a stud. And if you remember, he sat out the last one. That was the one that disrupted the two, which could have led to three. Because if you lose one, the last time this team played that one, which was Wyoming. So he came back, did a big thing. Mashburn had 20, no big deal, whatever, just hang out. Team rolled a little bit in the second half, shot it out, rebounded it out, showed it out. The pit was alive. What? Did I say the pit? The Thomas and Mac? Because it seemed like the pit. Yeah, sure it seemed did. Seemed like the pit on the broadcast, man. Lobo Nation Pretty showed up. Super showed up. It was a good night of basketball, though. Mountain West is very good. And me and you were like, hey, it's really good. We watched it on TV. That don't mean nothing to nobody here in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. That don't mean nothing to these friends of this show. Jeff Simbietta joining us at 530. Let's go. Yeah, baby. So I don't know. What are you doing right now in 90 minutes? Just come back. Come back. Whatever you're doing, come back. Listen to Jeff. He's going to tell you what it's like to sit. To, number one, because like, I'm, a, I'm a pro wrestling guy. You're a baseball guy. Jeff is a sport guy. Mm-hmm. Like, Jeff knows what spectacles look like. Jeff knows, like, he knows the jam. And he's going to tell you just how big of a deal the Mountain West Tournament is every single year and specifically how big of a deal the Mountain West Tournament is when the Lobos are winning. And they're winning right now. they got to play the Aggies tonight. Not the dumb Aggies, the, the other Aggies. How do you quantify which one is the dumb Aggies? A lot of dumb Aggies out there. I believe you know from the live chat. Please give me some reaction to Jey Uso from Raw on Monday night. Well, let me tell you this. I want to, but I will not. That is not going to make the program this today. It is too much going on in the world of sports, including the Lobos, which will get multiple segments of this program. Aaron Rodgers is in the news because he's doing like his daddy do. Going to go all the way over to New York. Kyrie Irving deserves multiple segments, but we'll try to squeeze it into but one. Jamar Chase also in the news for um, being an idiot. Is, are those stop, the words? Just can't stop being stupid. Just cannot figure it out from – the live chat says the audio is not there on the Sports Animal live chat, so we'll double-check on that, make sure that is good for everyone. Also, J.J. Watt talks about NFL. He talks about – man, do me a favor. Make sure that input is up on your end. So, J.J. Watt talks about rumors in the NFL and how if you're hearing them, that's not good because they're being put there for you. 
Also, Sean Kemp is in the news for doing weird stuff, so we'll talk about Sean Kemp a little bit. Adam Thielen is not going to resign with the Vikings. That's going to be a big talk of the day. Even though you can be voted number one, don't mean you number one. Good guy Geno Smith is saying all the right things after he gets paid. The Sexton, the Sexons, the Texans cheated the salary cap, and then Fred William Veet is going against officials. And then I got a fun last one if we can get a last one. Might have got it taken care of there. Well, that's excellent. There's sometimes it's easy, and sometimes uh, it's Van screwing it up. So here we are doing it. Van, you watched the Lobo game last night. Obviously, you kind of have the pulse on everyone in this community. What uh, what was your energy from from those you interacted with today? Was it a little bit of surprise from the fan ga- fan base or no? No, I mean this is a winnable game. Like it, Vegas said, it was seven and a half points. Vegas knows what they're talking about. It was a little too close for comfort in the first half, but the second half, Lobos did what they needed to do. They beat the inferior team. Now they got to get some real wins in the Mountain Rest Tournament. Let's do this, Griff. Let's go to break real quick, and then when we get back, we're going to have the live stream remedied. You're watching, or excuse me, you're tuned in to Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. You don't need a perfect bracket to make money gambling on March Madness. Tune in to Name Three Players with me, Amory Castillo, and I'll tell you how this Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. on The Sports Animal. Back on the program after an impromptu. Back on the program after an impromptu. Because we had to figure out the Sports Animal live stream. People care about the live stream. So welcome back to the live chat on the Sports Animal live chat. Obviously, you can get us on the text line, 505-246-0610. Text us on the Sports Animal text line. Obviously, call the program, 505-246-0610. And that's because, well, I'm in Las Vegas today. So normally, uh, I set up all the technology there in the studio, but it was Van in the studio, so we had to, we just didn't do enough checking. But we're good now, so everything's good. Back to this Lobo game. So with the, Subtle the big dig Lobo, there. The, well, there's a trend, my man. <laughs> there's a trend. Back to the Lobo game last night. Big win for the boys. They're advancing. Is it work out to be five games in five days? Is that what it has to be to win this whole thing? Four and four. Four and four. And then you get zero days to turn around, really, because if you win this entire thing, you get to go play with the big boys and the big one. You get to go around the country. And you and I get an excuse to go to Vegas and place a couple bets before everyone shows up to enjoy this thing. I'm telling you. It felt a little different last night. It felt last night like the way the team had felt in the first half of the season. And you don't feel that same way, or you do? Uh, You're pointing at me, but I don't know what you're talking about. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. Yeah, I got you clear as day. Uh, I'm assuming we're talking about the Lobos. We got some tech diffs. I can't hear Fred, Um, but apparently he can hear me. Uh, but it, what I saw was the Lobos took too many mid-range jumpers, but when you got shooters like House, when you got shooters like Mash, that's what you do. Give the give the ball to your ballers and you let them go off. So, for my taste, too many mid-range jumpers. But hey, look, they got the job done. They're going to have to rebound better against Utah State, and they're definitely going to have to have better shot selection against Utah State as the quality of play and the quality of the roster is going up exponentially next game. And look, and this is a very beatable team. Like The Lobos have beat everyone that's left in the tournament, so why can't they beat 
a Utah State, which is a solid team. They've gone back and forth a couple times this year. I think it's a very winnable game for the Lobos, but the ballers got to ball out because, as you know, Lobo fan, we don't have a deep bench. We're really depending on six guys and future tournament MVP Sebastian, the Swedish streetball forcing. But we got to go six deep against these guys, and everyone has to ball out. That's going to be a lot of minutes in four straight days for your UNM Lobos. The thing to me, Van, that about this team that is so like paramount to their success is not just that rotation you're talking about, but it's going out there and playing similarly to the way they did in the first half of the season. And like I was saying before we got lost, it's that's what I saw last night from that team. It seemed like a resurgence from the first dozen or Baker's dozen or 14 games in the year because this, this team was playing like a little fiercely, and, expect, and especially in the second half. And to me, that second half basketball is so crucial to the success because that it seemed to be like the hiccup for this squad the whole time. And because you had such a significant hiccup, it didn't make any sense for this team to think they could win in the second half. And then last night, come out, because were we tied at the half last night? I think we were. So as we go into halftime, in the second half, they come out and they're ready to bang. They, they go up 10, and I, there was like six minutes left, and like Mashburn hits that big shot or whatever, and you kind of knew it was over. Like you kind of knew at that time that Wyoming didn't have a shot, and obviously we're going to have to preview Utah State, and we're going to do all that stuff down the road. But I saw the team I saw in the first half of the season last night, and that team that I saw in the first half of the season this year, that team can beat anyone in the tournament. So if you can go out tonight, and I think, to, I think they're not favored tonight. I think Utah State is three or three and a half, which is – Sure. Correct. I, I don't know what other way to say that. The if they can go out tonight and keep pace and and at the second half or excuse me and at halftime be up a couple baskets or down a couple baskets or right at even, I don't think this team is afraid of playing second half basketball in a way. Oh, it's four and a half now, Van. It looks like it's up to four and a half. It uh it to me it doesn't it doesn't seem like a team that would be afraid to not just close it in but close it out in the second half. Yeah, I'll I'll beat this dead horse. They need less mid-range jumpers. If if House or Mash are fit in between 15 and 20 feet away and they get stomped and they're thinking about taking that jumper, throw it inside to a daisy. Throw it inside to Alec. Try to let them create something up close, and if that doesn't work, then kick it out for the mid-range jumper. Don't let the mid-range jumper be your go-to play, especially against somebody like Utah State who is bigger and longer and can get those points two at a time over and over and over again. Well, you said two at a time, but it's, you know, they're beating opponents by almost 10 points a game. You know, so it's like two at a time is multiple possessions in a row, which is like terrifying if you're a team playing against sure. them. And, you know, the Lobos kind of got fat on their record outside of the conference. Like we've talked about this. But if they can come around, because you get the you ended up getting the series split with Wyoming during the year, then you beat them here in the postseason. Now you're going up against Utah State. Utah State's obviously a better team. They haven't had to play in the tournament yet. They had the bye. But not only if you look at them and go, "Hey, you're a four and a half point favorite," but you're regularly beating teams by almost ten points. That means that everyone else sees us, and with everyone else seeing us, I think that means there's an option here. And the option is. Go out, keep it close in the first half, close it out in the second half, and be a team that can go home, you know, quote-unquote victorious at the end of this one and, and play again immediately tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, the, the Lobos lead six have to ball out of control. 
Like, hey, I'm a big believer in Richard Patino, but this team doesn't have the depth to run a 48-minute game plan against another team. you got to let your players play, and your players have to make shots. And that's why I prefer these higher percentage shots with Udazi and Alec down low than Mash and House taking these mid-range jumpers over and over again. I would rather see House and Mash kicking it in, going to the three-point line, and chunking up some threes instead of those mid-range jumpers. We'll Hmm. see what Coach Patino cooks up, but I think it's just, you know, baller focus. Let the kids play. If it's let the kids play, then you almost want to go, like, mid-'90s Chicago Bulls triangle offense, like only put it in the hands of the three dudes that well, you're all conference dudes, right? Because yeah. you want it to be House, you want it to be Masper, and you want it to be Udesi. If you go outside of that, I'm not saying Jenkins is garbage. I'm not saying Olick is garbage. I'm no. not saying that. But I'm saying offensively speaking, you're not going to get that if you're trying to do like you're claiming, Van, to shorten the bench, keep the rotation tight, and keep the game tight. Because, and we were talking about this last night with the building, it feels like a tight building. The Mountain West feels like a tight tournament this year. And the Lobos putting it on the second half and pulling it out by, I don't even know what the final score was, uh, eight or nine or whatever they beat them by. To me, a team in Utah State that has been beating people by eight or nine, if only favored by five, keeping it tight means keeping it in favor of the Lobos. And that's you can do, I think, on a one-sided, and by the way, one-sided, I think traditionally that's go to your strong hand. But with the guard play, and don't call this show and be like, hey, what's up with the guards? You know how good the guards are. Sure. With the guard play, if you can run to either side of the floor, then screen the backside, Alec. Go away. Put Udesi on the ball side. Like, do this thing. KJ, like, crash the boards, oppo. Like, do these things away from the ball that, you know, can create a winner and then and then immediately turn around and go on to the next one. And I think this, man, you can tell me to forget myself if you don't think it's right. I think not being able to prep for the Lobos, one-day turnaround, one-day notice, I think that's a Lobo advantage. This seems like an athletic team that can just go out and play a little jungle ball, and if they go out there and run up and down and get crazy, I think they got a chance to beat anyone because I haven't necessarily seen our team in a coaching situation do really well in the second half except for last night. I mean, and that was the shooting and that was the defense. The only reason it was so close in the first half is Wyoming shot the lights out of the building. They were draining three after three, and when that stretch run was over – and they didn't start the second half with that same momentum, it was a completely, absolutely different ball game. Absolutely was a different ball game when Sebastian, the Swedish street ball, Forsling gets into the game and starts that run, and then they just take it from there. Look at the minutes played. You're talking about the big six. Man off the bench, our sixth man of the year, K.J. Jenkins, still only played 12 minutes off the bench. Mm -hmm. Donovan Dent, seven minutes. Sebastian, five minutes. And Sec with one minute. That's putting a lot of weight on your starting five, and I think that's the only option for UNM is you let the best players play, get significant minutes. That's how you're going to beat Utah State. But we're playing four games in four, four days. What's the cardio on these boys like? If they beat Utah State and they got to go for their third game in three days against an even better opponent, are they going to be completely drained? Are they going to have the ability physically to make a run? Are they just going to be dead to the world? Because the Lobos run. Like, they run up and down the court. Like, 
they don't hold up numbers. They don't hold up two, three, four in their hands, calling plays, eating the clock. These boys run up and down the court all game. You know, the other aspect of that that's not just offensive is like that guard play because you'll so often get like House or Mashburn on the ball as soon as it's inbounded, you know. And we we were seeing that last night in the studios. We were watching the game live where you'll get a lot of um, – like like forced errors or turnovers or whatever at midcourt, and those are produced by the effort on defense, you know. And, and you right. only get so many energies, you know, during a game. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're putting an energy out on the defensive end, that's not an energy you're putting out on the offensive end. Um, which you know, for me, who is who is that fan is like, you know, just save it for the offensive side. And and if there's one guy's going to th- score thirty six, don't let anyone else score anything else, you know. And it's and it's trying to like provide and set that wall or whatever um, with that conservation. But, Van, end of the year, if you don't win these games, you're not in to play more games. Like this, I mean, If we were looking at any bracketology right now, the Lobos are not even first four out. They're just out. Yes. Like it's got to be the Mountain West, and you've got to leave it all on the court. And if you leave it on the court and don't win, at least you left it on the court. So, I mean, give it, give it the six, seven-guy rotation that you're talking about and, and go until you physically cannot go anymore. That is literally the only game plan. These guys got to shoot the lights out of the building to keep going to beat a Utah State. They only played once this year, lost in Utah State's house. But it was a closer game than it looked like towards the end of the second half. They didn't shoot well. Utah right. State controlled the game, controlled the ball, controlled the clock. It's just shooting. How are we going to secure good open shots? Because you know the Lobos, we don't run a ton of plays. We let the ballers ball. From the live chat, it looks the Sports Animal live chat, it looks like there's a lot of Lobos fans out there, and I guess that's kind of the pulse of this city, that uh, a lot of Lobos fans have made their way out there for tonight. So it could be a pretty home-favorite crowd against Utah. And I'm, I'm not trying to be that guy. No one super supports Utah teams. Like, outside of, like, that religion that is prominent in Utah, Utah teams do not have other fan bases behind them. Other fan bases choose to hate them. And if there are other fan bases in the building, they will be a fan of this Lobos team tonight. So I think that will be an advantage. Obviously, the 930 game is a real special thing, too, because you're closing out the night. So everyone that's sticking around for a good time will be, right, will be rooting for the good guys, which in this example is the Lobos. So that will be an absolute big deal. Van, let's step away. When we get back, we'll start throwing some jokes. Aaron Rodgers is in the news because there's nowhere else he ever wants to be. <laughs> that is his jam. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Jeff Symbiana and JJ Bond. Wake up with the opening drive on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know this song you can get a paper cut to. You know, something you can lay back and enjoy the last seat. What is something you can get a paper cut to? What does that even mean? Well, first off, uh, I'm very offended that you don't think rappers read the newspaper. So you can get a paper cut reading the newspaper. Not only do I not think rappers read the newspaper, I don't think (laughs) anyone reads the newspaper. You know, I do when I'm on vacation. I like to get the local newspaper, get my fingers on their, their newspaper. Here now, I just get the wonderful insights of Jeff Grammer in the Albuquerque Journal right here on my cellular telephone. 
yeah. I don't even really get that. I just get like notifications if I should read one <laughs> thing in the paper. Or you just go to r slash Albuquerque while you're on the toilet. Is that how you get your local news on Reddit? The... That one sucks, actually. I don't know if you really go to that one at I all. I don't, no. No, the the Reddit for Albuquerque is like, um, uh, look at this funny license plate I saw, and then it's always a picture of my car. That's that's a good joke if you get it. Yeah, it's very niche, <laughs> very inside, very fourth wall here, but yes, it is funny. <laughs> What's going on with your boy? Aaron Rodgers is... Um, uh, I learned it from you, Dad. Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Jets, huh? Oh, my God. I hope he gets in some kind of weird Farvian sex scandal now, too. The, oh, I don't. It's, I don't like it that. Seems, There's always a victim to that. It seems there is a trade in place. It seems have both teams have agreed to a trade package. Now it's just Aaron Rodgers needs to get back from whatever new retreat he's on right now and decide whether he wants to be a Packer or a Jet. Well, the retreat was apparently like an extensive in-person meeting with the New York Jets brass and like Woody Johnson. And, you know, I guess the organization is, is saying this is this is it. We're laying in the future Hall of Famer. Like, let's go. I mean, they flew all the way across the country from New Jersey to California just to have a meeting with him for a couple hours. So it better be serious. I am super curious about the compensation. Because it's going to be like a three first rounder and a player to be named later blockbuster, one for the history books, or they're just going to be like, just give me a second round pick and take this weirdo off my hands. Because I don't think I don't see a middle ground. For you don't see a middle ground for the Packers, or you don't see a middle ground for the Jets. The the trade Cause... compensation in general, the Jets obviously want Aaron Rodgers, immediately turn the Jets into a contender. It makes total sense on their side. The Packers, I think, are just done dealing with all of this. They would like to have Aaron Rodgers back for another year or two. The Packers would like for Aaron Rodgers to be able to at least have a shot at winning another championship, but he's just too much to deal with. Like the the sleepy, lazy... Green Bay and surrounding areas and their organization and the weird ownership structure and the weird board of directors and the weird coach. Like, they don't want to deal with this anymore. They just want to go to friggin' Chili's, have some bottomless nachos, and then go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. Like, that's all they want to do there. They don't want to deal with all this. I mean, you're not wrong. The The other side of this coin, too, is... This is a better version of the last time the Jets did this exact same thing. Yes. They're in better shape and with a better quarterback who's a different kind of crazy. A probably healthier kind of crazy. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say it's healthier because Brett Favre is the worst human being on the planet, not allegedly. There. Yeah, he's up there for sure. On the field, if we're talking about strictly on the field um, – Aaron Rodgers don't turn it over as much. Anyone ever. That's the big difference. Yeah, I mean. Anyone ever in the history of the NFL got the best touchdown to interception ratio. Um, You put Aaron Rodgers on any NFL team, they're a double-digit win team and a contender. 
you put one you put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets while the AFC is an absolute gauntlet of stud quarterbacks, he can take you to the promised land. I think he can, but I think it's an easier path in the NFC. Oh, totally. And I think he's a he's a guy who yearns for the easier path, right? I don't know. Surrounding myself in darkness for three days, that's not the easiest path. I, that's, I think that's it like, is. That's the AFC West of adventures. Could have just went camping. Could have took a cruise. Could have went to... Um, so went to San Tropez, but no, he locked himself in a hobbit house in the dark in the Oregon mountains. That's not the easiest path. That sounds a little I, AFC I Westy to me. I don't know, dude. It it's not the hardest path. Like to claim that you're going to go on a like a four day like darkness addicted bender and then come out two days soft of that and. I mean, he does the same. So far ahead of the game, he does the same thing in the playoffs. He says he's going to win. Yeah, right. Yeah, Yeah. says he's going to win four games. He wins two. (laughs) Wins two and a half quarters, and then he's like, "Okay, that's no." But yeah, to me, he seems like a guy who regularly pursues the easier of the whatevers. You know, and like, and and I, hey, spiritual retreats or whatever. Maybe he's trying to move to New York and open a studio, and in that studio, he's gonna he's gonna help uh, trust fund babies mentally and emotionally and spiritually, whatever. Like you, like you be that dude. He ain't a dude that I think works hard enough. I think he's a dude who's been so very fortunate to number one be very good, just just naturally. Number two, be surrounded with winning talent and programs, and then number three, kind of waste it when it becomes when it comes down to it. I mean, he didn't he didn't win the big thing in college. He's only won the big thing one time professionally, and I even some of those teams were a lot better than other teams. Like it, he ain't going to take the Jets to the promised land. And it, like you said, if it's more than the second round draft pick, I don't know if I'm the Jets and I want to play. I think they will. They'll give up a pretty good haul. Not like a three first rounder and Sauce Gardner or something weird like that. I think they get a first. They get a first in a couple seconds and do a couple other pick swaps. It's worth it for them to be in contention. But I don't think the Raiders are out of this yet either. I think Rodgers would love to be in Las Vegas, Nevada, throwing to the best receiver he's ever had his whole career. That's still a good fit. And you know, historically, the Raiders are fantastic at getting ripped off in trades. So the Raiders will give more than the Jets will. I think this is still an option. So you're as well. saying the So you're saying the Packers are leaking this 100%. to get a better price from the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, okay. I don't hate that. Yes. I don't exactly hate that what I'm saying. Yeah, this is this is showmanship. This is gamesmanship. This is leveraging right now, saying that there's a, a trade in place in between the Packers and the Jets. Because they're not going well, tra- you know, to trade. They're not going to trade. trade Aaron Rodgers till they're a hundred percent certain that they got the best absolute trade value. Yeah. JJ Watt Look, said that today on Twitter. Okay, did you see that? I did not. He said, "Yeah." So JJ Watt today on Twitter, who just retired from the NFL, and I'm sure he's going to go on to be a personality that covers the game in some sort of way because he seems like a dude. Um, he said today on Twitter, "Quote: If you're hearing a rumor." 
It's because someone wants you to hear that rumor for one reason yes. or another. Or someone is purely guessing. And I don't ever think it's the third one. Because you know how pro wrestling I am. Yes. You know, it's mm-hmm. if it's out there, it's because it's a work. Correct. I'm subscribing to you right now, man. I believe that the Green Bay Packers are saying that the super money-hungry New York Jets yearning to be relative, the better quarterback is, you know, with the New Jersey Giants. Like, I think I'm in on what you're selling me. And I think there's plenty of teams, and it's not just the Jets and Raiders. Now that it seems like Aaron Rodgers, contrary to last offseason, is actually on the market, there's a lot of teams in play here. Don't count out the friggin' Vikings from right across the division. Don't count out the 49ers who have a guy that their organization doesn't trust in Trey Lance and a guy who's not going to be back till halfway through the season. And how good is he really, Brock Purdy? You put Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers, boom. They are the favorites in the NFC immediately. Happens to be his hometown. I mean, he has a friggin' mansion in Nashville, Tennessee. Like, don't count out the Titans. The Titans with Aaron Rodgers and a stud-wide receiver, they're contenders in the AFC. There's a lot of good fits. It's not Jets or nothing, because people will give up a lot for Aaron Rodgers. And to me, to re-harp on this fact, I don't think the Packers organization as a whole wants to get rid of the one of the best quarterbacks in the history of football, the best quarterback to ever do it for them. They want him to retire a Packer, never having played another game for another team. But I can see how frustrating this has to be to an organization that's completely different than every other organization in the NFL. This isn't a Packers Nation thing. Like, divahood is not a Packers thing. Aaron Rodgers wears that very well. I think you're wrong on one big point, and I think it's because you're a fan. I think you're wrong on this point. I don't think Green Bay cares where he retires. They didn't care where Brett Favre retired. They didn't care where Reggie White retired. He played with the Carolina Panthers, if you remember. They definitely are not going to care where Aaron Rodgers retires. The Green Bay, the brand, thinks it's better than every player. I, I very much feel that way as it relates to Green Bay and as it relates to their approach to individuals. Outside of the Eagles, there's no one in the NFC. That is it. That's like if Brett Favre really is a dude who thinks he's close and wants to win, he's not closer with the New York Jets or the San Francisco 49ers than he is with the Green Bay Packers. And he goes for it there. Also, the Tennessee Titans thing I think is a wash because he bought that house with his ex-girlfriend. He ain't trying to go down there. Like that thing, like that's, that's going to mess him up mentally because he's, he's a soft dude. Aaron Rodgers on the Niners – is the favorite in the NFC. Say whatever you want about the Eagles. They're going to lose some key players in the offseason. The Niners are not. The Niners are loaded. You could put a guy off the street. Look, Mr. Irrelevant only lost one game for the 49ers. He's a rookie seventh rounder. Let's take it a break. When we get back, Kyrie Irving is in the news. He is um, flipping weird, dude. Oh, you just noticed today. No, no, but it's like... (laughs) It's like if you have a level of weird and it's like a 1 through 10, like he can somehow turn that thing past 10. Like whatever is past 10 is no yeah. longer called 11. It's called Kyrie. I look like at that's you, where he is at. You see that on the knob? All weirdos go all the way up to 11. 
That okay, that tracks. That's uh, I'm in on that. We're two men on live from the Me Mobile. You back at John Lopez Real Estate and Coldwell Banker Legacy Studios. We start our days at the YMCA of Central New Mexico. We spend our lunches over at the Six Six Diner. The weekend that's for New Mexico's vodka, Teller Vodka. Don't forget today's I Nine Varsity is brought to you by I Nine Sports. And lastly, Van is getting strong at Evolve Strong. It's ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. Don't just friggin' sit there. Get in the game right now at 888-922-0610. The NBA is weird. That's fine. I don't I don't hate weird. Be as I weird as you it. want. Just don't harm yourself, don't harm others. Like real simple rules I got. Okay. Kyrie Irving catches an L last night to New Orleans. That's fine. 113-106. Cool. Whatever, right? You you win some, you lose some. That's fine. So then Kyrie Irving goes on Twitch after the game. And also this, I guess I don't know a ton about Twitch. I thought Twitch was like for live streaming video games or like showing off your Pokemon cards. Like I, I, I guess I was a little confused on it because he's just sitting on it and like a, in like a crushed velvet onesie blanket hoodie and smoking weed. What? <laughs> yeah. He could stream anything. It's like YouTube for dorks. You put anything on there. So yeah, I guess he's interacting with his fans and they're like, I'm going to make sure I got this quote right. Are you ready? So he's interacting with fans, and they're like, "Hey, how can you be free in life, or something like? How's the loss or whatever?" And Kyrie's like, "I can never be free in life when there are other people who aren't free." Okay, like, all right, that that's fine. <laughs> he says, "Quote: How am I free if I know kids are still working in the cobalt mines in the Congo making Teslas?" What? Kyrie, do you do you know how your shoes are made? Like, what is this conversation right here? This time, I genuinely believe, while slightly misinformed, his heart's in the right place because he's—it's another one of these half truths that yes, there is independent child labor in cobalt mines in the Congo, but like, it's not just Tesla forcing these children to work. 80% of the world's cobalt is in the Congo. It's like it's just all there. They have to mine it there. And there's what's called artisanal mines that aren't mined by a big company. It's just like an open pit where people can just go be miners. And there is a lot of children working in there. So while misled, half true, I think his heart's in the right place. I am also very strongly anti-child labor. So for the first time in years, me and Kyrie agree on something. Well, I mean, there's something to be said about being like, like you can do good things with your money, right? Like he made a donation to like a GoFundMe that's like allegedly helping like children in the Congo. By the way, I don't yeah. trust any GoFundMes. You and I have been over this at length. Like if it's, 
if there's a way to give money to someone, find a reputable organization, give it to them, give it to the Red Cross, give it to the United Way, give it to somebody that you can trust. But he just blindly donates a ton of money, and I'm not going to give you the number because whatever. But he's like, you can you can donate money to causes. You can also be an idiot who spreads bigotry, bigotry and conspiracies, and you can be one of the best basketball players on earth, and you can be freaking weird on social media. I mean, you can be a bunch of different things in life. I just need you to, like, mellow it out. <laughs> like, it doesn't track, Van. Yeah, I mean, he's overpassioned and underinformed. You know, I, I get where his heart is. I get why. I mean, this is obviously a big issue. It's a huge issue in South America. It's a huge issue. It's a bigger issue in Africa. It's a big issue all across the world. But just yeah, like, was he just walking around and he heard chains jingling in his pocket and he was like, my millionaire change is going to help a bunch of poor people. And now he's now he's going out there to grab like some Internet clout is he's got like a bunch of photos of like impoverished kids now holding up handwritten signs saying, thank you. I love you, Kyrie. So here, that's this, real. I'm not making that up. This is <laughs> it's like a real thing. Yes, it's a double edged sword here while he's misinformed while once again, he's spreading conspiracy theories. At least this time, the conspiracy theories are half true. His heart's in the right spot. He's putting his money where his mouth is. How many people talk smack on some kind of issue like this, use their persona, use their clout just for their own attention? At least he's putting his money where his mouth is and doing something about it. The, the thing that makes me think that's not what this is is the shot at Tesla. It right. makes me think it's like a play because – and again, and I'm not trying to be that guy, Kyrie Irving's shoes are made in countries with child labor. Correct. If Kyrie Irving thinks otherwise, Kyrie Irving is lying. Sure. There's, and, and I don't know the rub about going oppo Tesla. Like, I'm fine with Tesla. Like, their, their owner's weird. That's whatever. But, like, if a bunch of millionaires and billionaires want to get in fights and the way they fight is by making donations to help people. I want to watch them all fight. Yeah. Who's the, who's the final boss in this one? It's Bill Gates. It's always Bill Gates. <laughs> he, um, he gives it all the way. He A would have so much Challenger more. <laughs> William Billy Gates. <laughs> but like the, yeah, to me, if you're going to fight, fight with your money. Fight by giving it to other causes. I'm into that. You know, that was the thing I did with uh, the election two years ago, right, or whatever. It was all these people standing up on top of, of the Sandias screaming that Donald Trump was going to be president and screaming that there was a stolen election. And I said, I tell you what, I will bet you $100 to St. Jude. That's the bet. I win, you donate 100 bucks. You win. I donate a hundred bucks. Heck, if you if I win and you donate a hundred bucks, I'll match it. That's the move. The move is helping as many people as you can help while being as crazy as possible. And if Tesla bites on this, if Tesla's like, oh, we weren't aware of all these child slaves, they're aware. But if they bite on that, they and they're like, we're gonna make change. I'm in on Kyrie. I'm super in. Tesla Tesla's been aware for over a decade and they finally did something about it in 2019 and 2020 allegedly i'm sure they're still getting some of their products off the books or whatever but they mm -hmm. made a company-wide promise not to use 
any artisanal mines or mines that hire child labor. So Tesla's already leaned into this years ago, but still. Who's down there enforcing it? Coney? Uh, yeah, excellent point. Like, <sighs> go to a sweatshop where the people making your stuff make a nickel a day. Go there, Kai. Like, that's the one you can control. You can't control the Tesla one. You can control the Nike one. It's. I'm not even, like, saying it, like, sarcastically. I mean, you can control that one. Go. Walk in there. Take photos with your own cell phone. Bet you they won't let you do that. Post them to your own social media. Go oppo Nike. But even Kyrie knows you don't bite the hand that feeds you. Tesla, he ain't got no stock in Tesla. He got he doesn't got, got, got we know of. He doesn't got a sponsorship by Tesla. Like, he doesn't care. He'll throw Tesla under the bus with some misinformation, with some conspiracy theory stuff. But he ain't going to do that to Nike. You know how much money Nike gives him every year? I'm sure it's in the tens of millions of dollars. Oh, I have no doubt it is. But that's what I'm – like, if we're going to sit here and he's going to stand on the the moral high ground that he wants to help kids – Eleven million a year. That's nothing. Eleven million a year. That's zero dollars a year to him, and a thing he's directly in control of, and the value of these alleged kids that he's looking out for. Lose it, and then be a martyr. Lose it, be a martyr. Tell the world how you're a martyr, because he already claims to be a martyr in a bunch of different other fashions. Oh wait, you know what? We talked about this before. Nike dropped him. <laughs> so why then not go get go now's, get the guy you're mad at? Yeah, now's the time to go to your sweatshops because his his sneaker is going to be decommissioned in October of this year. Oh, so okay, so Van they quote unquote dropped him. They did not drop him. Last They're bleeding year. this thing to the end. Yeah. Oh, it was October last year. Or it's October of this year. October of last year they dropped him, and the contract is up October of this year. They're still selling shoes. Oh, because they had to give a year notice. Yeah, yeah they're, they still, they're still selling shoes, though. They're still making shoes. When the NBA starts back up in September, is that right? So if he's going to be that dude, and, and by all means, if you want to claim to be that dude, be that dude. Go get it. Go save the world, kid. This is the. If I could, I would. I am the least mad at Kyrie finally at this issue. <laughs> It's like, hey, uh, you're insane and misinformed, but I love where your heart is. Keep going with it, brother. I I hate virtue signaling, and that's what this feels like to me. I think it gives a bad name to people who altruistically try to help others. I think we'll find his intent if he really goes down this rabbit hole. That's a good point. 30 minutes from Jeff Simbietta, who's going to join us for the Mountain West Tournament. We're going to continue to talk Lobos. The 5 o'clock is a good o'clock for your boys. We had NFL down at the 5, but I, I want to keep talking basketball, man. Let's talk a little Sean Kemp whenever we get back, as he's in the news for some weird stuff. Also, we will yeah. talk. No, strike that reversal. Let's go Jamar Chase, then Sean Kemp. So we'll go Jamar Chase as soon as we get back, then Sean Kemp, because these stories are pretty too similar. damn similar. A little similar. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports animal. Now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, 
Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Man, I was getting ready to pull up this like relevant Jamar Chase news, you know? Okay. So I was wrapping up my Kyrie stuff. <laughs> Kyrie in this same Twitch thing last night. He says, "Well, I think uh, I think gambling and sports betting is uh, taking the purity and the fun away from the game." I saw that as well. That kind of goes secondary to child labor accusations, but also equally crazy. I want to get real high and watch Kyrie do a Twitch and just be like, I really identify with this guy. Like, it is so stupid. How about uh, how about uh, ancient aliens, Kyrie? How about uh, they uh, built the pyramids, am I right? Go off on that for an hour. I'm Kyrie Irving, and welcome back to the Joe Rogan Experience. Today, NBA betting. That's what he's doing right now. He's hes trying to set up that next stage. And he's going to give you something dumb, man. He's going to give you something dumb where he's going to be like, you know how mean fans are whenever they lose bets? Yes, Kyrie, I do. They just lost bets. They gambled. If they had won, do you know how kind they would be? Also, people bet against you regularly because they hate you. Mm, yes, that's They true. hate your stinking guts. Figure it out. Or he's trying to sell a new series of some hippy-dippy weird snake oil. Like, are you addicted to sports gambling? Boy, do I have the product for you. Made out of eucalyptus seeds, this sports balm will Cure your gambling addiction. We pressed all the oil out of these eucalyptus seeds. We then kept the oil, sold it independently for our own gain, and we are offering you these shells. Grind up these shells, bake them into a brownie, give that brownie to everyone that you think will make a smart bet, and if they eat the brownie, it will prove to be that they are stupid. The bet is stupid. Do not make it. That's this whole game plan here. Every one out of ten of our packages contains a special prize. You won't know unless you buy them all. <laughs> you know the th- secret you ingredient. Know a kid. The secret ingredient is more gambling. When I was a kid, um, I was really into Legos. Right, I was like a Lego kid. Whatever that tracks for me. So as I was a kid. I would go to the Lego store, and they, they had these, or whatever, the Walmart aisle or whatever. They had these bags that you couldn't see in van, mm-hmm. and they were all, whatever, a couple bucks. And you didn't know what Lego you were going to get inside. Yes, that still exists. And I remember exists. my father, do you know? It still exists. It's, okay. They still have and my, them. And my father goes, you're not going to gamble on Legos. And that nothing had ever hit truer with me. Like, we are a targeting children to begin this culture, I recognize that Lego is an adult toy too. Don't at me yeah, on yeah, yeah, talking yeah, yeah. ABQ or anything. But the point I'm trying to get to is we're literally groomed. We're groomed our entire existence from big commercial. Correct. 
to fall into this world of of gambling and chance and loot and boxes and treasures and tchotchkes and knickknacks and yeah. and uh, buy buy this egg toy and it dissolves away and you get a, a something like none of this stuff makes any sense to me targeted at children and then you end up with adult like like man childs like Kyrie Irving who then all of a sudden are like I had an epiphany I bought cereal the what? other what did day he just, lose? just for an avatar spoon. Okay, well, they Drink got you good. More Griff. oval team. Yeah. Well, hey, the worst example uh, every single store I ever went to when I was a youth growing up in Houston, Texas, yeah. candy cigarettes everywhere. Every single store. At least you know what you're candy, getting with that candy, candy cigarettes. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Big League Chew looked like looked like tobacco. tobacco. Like I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know exactly what that is. the The problem I have is whenever I get the decoder ring out of the box of cereal and it says "Drink More Ovaltine." That's why I have a problem because we're tricking kids. Yeah, and we trick Kyrie too. We tricking adults. That's <laughs> hey. Hey kid, so, hey kid, here's a box of Cracker Jacks. Here's the most sugar you've ever had in your entire life. Welcome to your new addiction. Also, here's a one and one half cent plastic toy that is completely worthless. Which one are you gonna get though? You I don't know, know what, until you open it up I, and you eat all the sugar. I don't know what the Twitch demographic is for viewers. I bet it's kids. I bet it's teenagers. Teens. Yeah, Twitch is I bet, teen. Yeah. yeah, Kyrie Irving seems to me like the type of dude who loves that audience. Uh, he wants to feel like the smartest dude. That's he wants to feel. That's Kyrie's only audience is people significantly dumber than him, and he has to prey on these teenagers yeah. and young college students because they're high and drunk all the time in the. Their frontal lobe hasn't hardened, and they don't have decision-making skills yet. So if a famous basketball player tells them vaccines make your dong go soft and then uh, the moon landing <laughs> never happened, like, of course they're going to believe them because you're, you're drunk and high and impressionable. It says Twitch's um, viewers is 70% 18 to 34-year-olds. Okay, 34 is a stretch. Well, I would that's say way eight, higher than I thought. 18 to 24, I would believe. Hey, but also like how many of these like like seventeen and sub they claim they're eighteen. Totally. Like you yeah. say you yeah, you say you say seventy percent, but it's a bunch of twelve year olds saying they're all born in two thousand two or whatever that would be now. I don't that's just the number for drinking. So less yeah. than that. Two thousand six. Like to me <sighs> Are you eighteen? Click here it, to enter. Oh yeah, got me again. Oh, it's embarrassing. Like, and they, you, this is everywhere too, though. Like, I, I'm just kind of harping on Kyrie. Like, movies are made for 13 year olds. TVs are made. For, TV shows are made for 13 year olds. Like the the person in your life that you just went on like a Tinder date with that loves Friends has the mentality of a 13 year old. Like that is what this stuff is written for. That is who it is targeted for. And that's why people enjoy it so much because it's so easily absorbable. It's like, yeah. it's simple. I mean, I think you're hinting on a bigger picture, which is basically 
the first five minutes of Mike Judge's idiocracy is for getting generationally dumbed down into the uh, the the target demographic of teenagers. We get to spread that out to young adults as well, and it goes all the way into young adulthood because you're dumb enough to buy all this stuff, hook, line, and sinker. Like, look at it. The last couple of elections on Facebook, like people are just getting dumber. How are you believing all this stuff? Well, it's interesting too. Like, it's like the like the demographics of the country switch too. You know, because it's you know my parents were baby boomers. You know, so it's for a long time everything was targeted directly at them, and now it is not. You know, mm-hmm. now it's targeted at me or younger, and my parents hate it. Like my parents hate. You know what I'm talking about? Like. Every every quote unquote boomer out there that's listening to the show, you hate that you don't have the targeted attention that you did from corporate America for all those years, sure. telling you like how special and unique you are with specials on self help books on Oprah that were targeted at your stay at home wife, so she had something to do. Why why you could go to work and hang out with the boys and the VFW bellied up at the bar. Like I get that the whole world has changed, and if. And if you're an individual who's going to like take advantage of that in a weird way, like Kyrie Irving, and go out there and say, "Hey, we're already hitting some people here. Let me let me share some weird messages, and I'll hit, I'll say something positive. Gambling's bad. I, yeah, gambling yeah. is bad. Uh-huh. It's it's not as bad as child labor. Oh, you hit that one too. Yeah, oh, he's just so stupid, dude. I can't handle all these commercials these days with the sexy dancing and the flashing lights. I like it better back in my day when horses smoke cigarettes. Hun, hun, look at this coffee commercial. These two people, they're different colors. Like, what? Like, anyone can drink coffee. Like, Midwest old yelly man. Figure it out, Kyrie. I guess I'll fire it up, dude. You you do have a hard spot for Kyrie Irving. I do. I like. I hate his guts. I know we're trying to. You you're talking about Jamar Chase. Yeah, let's talk about more awful people next segment. Well, hold um, on, friend of the legend. friend of the show Wayne. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, friend of the show Wayne is with us. Wayne, welcome to the program. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I, I I agree that Kyrie's kind of crazy. He was also about on that flat Earth stuff too. But I think yes. we have to definitely question a lot of things when it comes to. The vaccine stuff. I mean, people said follow the science, but when was it scientific when you stood and you weren't contagious and you sat down and you were no longer contagious? Um, people still at my work do that. They'll be talking to me, face standing up with their mask on. I go sit at their desk with their mask off and they think they're no longer Oh, the theater, contagious. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, so I think there's, uh, there's, there's definitely... Issues that we need to be aware of. I mean, this, the vaccine thing was definitely, I think we're guinea pigs for a lot of things. And there's not, there's still a lot of science out there that needs to be proven. Uh, I mean, I, I got it a couple of times and it was no more than the flu. I think if you take care of yourself and are healthy, then you'll be fine. But I, I think when you scare kids and say there are other things that can happen to you, I think as a young adult, even, we should still be cognizant of that and research that because too many times, we trust vaccines and we trust the government and we realize that that may not be the best decision for us. And I think that's our right to question things. I think sometimes, yeah, we can say there's small social media stuff, but there's older social media stuff like Facebook and other CNN and other sites too, that are questionable of their agenda as well. We don't, as adults, we don't question that, but we get give kids crap for believing things that are on the internet that's tailored to them but we don't really question the things that are tailored to us 
that may be uh, incorrect or in, in, inappropriate too. So I think every gender, every generation has media that feeds into to what they're trying to push. And even as adults, we still have to question those things and not just be uh, dumb, ignorant, and uh, just as much as these kids are too. So that's just my take on that. Yeah. Thanks for the call, call Wayne. Wayne. Yeah, good call. I'm also a the, big fan of being open-minded and and checking yeah. out all the uh, available evidence for any kind of topic. And I'm going to agree with one big thing. The government and science has not always had our back historically. I'm talking about MK Ultra and the Tuskegee experiment. Oh, sure, test, yeah. Testing on prisoners, testing on uh, people of color. Like, I mean, there's a pretty good reason historically people of color don't trust the government and don't trust science that i get the you know the one i can argue firsthand which i don't argue as much as i used to because i do believe it's become a lot of theater at this point i have like changed my opinion on that um my covid experience was insanely different than wayne's you know van you were you were there when i had my experience correct it was hospital stays and breathing machines and organ failure and and, you know, the possibility of death and, and, and I got Delta, you know, I got it back like, like in the early on and before for me to vac- bounce back before your vaccine, let's state that very vaccines clearly. didn't exist. Correct. Yeah. They didn't exist at that time. And, you know, the thing about my experience is the medicines that they gave me were in Devisphere and convalescent plasma and all those things. They have not been proven to show to work. They've been proven not to worsen you. They have not been proven to show to work. Sure. So all those things that they were giving me with quote unquote confidence at the time, you know, now three years later, they they weren't the the cure all that they thought they were, you know, and and how fortunate I am to be here today. But I do agree completely with Wayne on the theater of mask. I it, it was weird to me because I avoided those places, but it was weird to me when people were so very convinced if they wore their mask while they walked past you in a restaurant and then sat down and took off their mask that they were perfectly fine. Sure, it's weird. That, that, that's what, what are you doing? That's it, it, how that it works. De- it defies logic. Like I doesn't I, make any sense. I get the respect for your fellow man trying to keep yourself and your community safe. And if it's, it helps by even a smidgen of a percent, thank you for helping. But like Mm -hmm. the way he described it, like the stand up with the mask, shake hands and then sit down at the exact same distance apart and take them off (laughs) while you have spittle flying out of your mouth, hitting you in the eyeball and your nostril and in the mouth. Like, come on, come on. Hey, Hey, come on. You know, better. We're going to slam Jamar Chase and Sean Kemp into one whenever we get back because I got a little distracted because I, I have a hate. I have a hate for Kyrie Irving. I just have a hate. So, well, I, so think we'll do have, that we I think you have a hate for anyone who has a platform, anyone who has a microphone and kind of abuses it. Yeah, I agree with that. The you know because that's what this be, ends up becoming. It's a billboard, right? Yes. Like, make sure you're putting the right message on the billboard, and then that's where you get that gets real interesting. Because then I'm like, what's the right message? It's obviously whatever I think is right. Like, and that's what everyone will answer. Like, I don't think there's a universal truth to anything, but it's I know mine, and I know I'm going to share it. Also from the Sports Animal text line, wrestling is made for 13 year olds. Ouch! Zing. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. You don't need a perfect bracket to make money gambling on March Madness. Tune in to Name Three Players with me, Amory Castillo, and I'll tell you how this Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. on The Sports Animal. Man, I got to go through and clean up the Sports Animal text line after this. Just a lot of Fox News stuff. What are we doing here? Turned it up to 11 there for a second, didn't we? 
Is TJ over there today? Are people just like not tuned into TJ? We're getting his overspill. Yeah. If you can't get on the KKOB line, <laughs> come right over here to KNML. <laughs> TJ Trout slaps over there, but he um he draws attention. That's the kindest way to say it. He draws attention. All right, give me this Jamar Chase update. Oh my goodness. Well it's morphing every few minutes. But okay. allegedly allegedly baby mama, and this is the day after shots were fired from his home at children, allegedly. But uh Jamar Chase's baby mama, Ambar Nicole, not Amber, I'm reading this correctly. Ambar Nicole, who Chase has had trouble with in the past, is threatening to expose him for what you say? Calling his own baby the B word? Well, name calling is not against any laws. No, it's not. Now, I don't want to disparage these accusations, but to me... This seems like BS. This seems like a woman scorned, and she's doing her best to poison the waters and take him down. Because I have been in a similar situation, and I'm seeing all the signs of a jilted lover trying to throw shade on your good rep. Not saying he's got a good rep. There's literally shots fired from his home like the day before this story. The shots fired is real interesting. Uh, Amber Nicole, who's an Instagram model, I don't know how well you're familiar with her, but nope. um, I believe she's what you would call a thought. So the ex-girlfriend, this gal in question, she says she's going to share videos that will end his career, his since they really cycled back on that. So she had put it on like Instagram where, by the way, she got some followers. She says she has sensitive information that will ruin him. Now she claims that she had a child with he, and then went on this big tirade on Wednesday night, which we didn't cover on Wednesday. Cause obviously the Lobos were playing. There's a lot going on. And then she talks about like all those like buzzwords. So she's like skeletons in the closet. Sure. She's like the real you. You're dodging the cords. Like all of this stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sure. And then obviously someone, you know, with a legality understanding was like, you better not because like you can be defamed and false accusing. And there's, I mean, there's a bunch of things, harassment. There's a bunch of things that are out there that will be, that will be a thing here. And it all went down. So obviously affirmative legal action to protect Jamar was taken and all these things are gone, but it doesn't explain the shots. It doesn't explain the screenshots. It doesn't explain the, there was like one of those Yarmer Yager like photos, you know, I'm talking about um, sleeping in the bed or whatever. Do you remember that from a couple of years ago? Sure. Like, yeah, this is, that's the obviously proved validity, obviously. But it seems like it was going to be a big story for about five minutes until this person figured out, Ambar Nicole, what happens to liars. Correct. They doubled back on the heaviest of allegations. And, like, she shared a bunch of screenshots of text threads in between her and Mm -hmm. Jamar. And she seems like the bad guy. 
Like having a kid up for 21 hours? Like he he uses salty language. He calls her the B word. I said I don't want to be with you. The kid ain't mine till you prove it. But like I don't see how any of this is incendiary. It's also interesting to me who when did he sign his deal? He had that thirty million dollar deal. Was that last year, twenty one, so two years ago? I guess you hold on to God, and this is like bad like friend advice. You know, someone like in her life was like, Hey, make sure you got enough receipts. Put him on Keep blast. receipts. It's about receipts. Go live. Go live with those receipts. They're just buzzwords. Like they don't they don't mean anything. Correct. Like a person who has actual receipts, Dan Snyder, a person with actual receipts doesn't tell people that he has receipts. No. He tells the person who he has receipts on because then they know it. If she had actual receipts, she would go to Jamar and say, Jamar, these are receipts. Or she's claiming to she's gonna keep the receipts until their court date. So which one is it? You're going to keep them to the court date, or are you going to put them on blast on Instagram? And also, her Instagram is down. Yeah, duh. <laughs> like, hmm. her sole stream of income outside of blackmailing celebrities that she sells her body to. I don't get it, dude. I like we're living in a different timeline. It's when hard, I started it's hard sports to catch radio, up, too, right? <laughs> I would like friend of the show, Stoli, to bring any sort of sense of this to me. Because all I want to do is cover sports. And I feel like I don't at all get to cover sports because of all the weird stuff that happens outside of sports. Welcome, friend of the show, Stoli. Yo, I have five words for Kyrie Irving. Oh, here we go. Give it. Uh, Duke must be so proud. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing is that, do you know what else is targeted for 13-year-olds? Newspapers are written at a 7th or 8th grade level. So everything is targeted at 13-year-olds. That's all I got. I'm out. That's a good call. Appreciate you. I like putting also I like putting Duke on blast. <laughs> like, Doug, if we did one full episode of this program where we didn't well, I mean, talk it's, about it's not, the weird social media thing. It's not Duke's fault. I mean Kyrie did his own research while he was there too. <laughs> you know how those one and dones do. They show up in the fall, they don't go to a single class, they grab probation, they play the entire spring semester, and then they walk out. They don't go into a single class the entire time they're there. They go, use the facilities, sell a bunch of jerseys with their numbers on but not their names, make the institute a bunch of money, walk out. Tomorrow, Van. No, I'm off tomorrow. Aaron Burnett's in tomorrow. Monday, Van. Monday, we are doing the complete sports show. We're breaking down the NCAA tournament. We're talking about the Lobos over the weekend, if they were successful or not. We're gonna, we are going to do only on-the-field stories. It's going to be the most therapeutic episode of this show ever is 
miss me completely moving forward with social media. Miss me completely with it. First off, if I may, the hell we are. We haven't done one of those episodes in four years. What are you talking about? We will I'm exhausted do, on you, it. You can say we can do more of that, and I would like to advertise that we're doing more of that, but you know us. There'll be another Kyrie episode. There'll be another uh, Kanye story. There'll be another something ridiculous in social media. And, hey, I already mentioned idiocracy, but I'll quote one of my favorite Jay-Z lyrics talking about dumbing down the populace. Quote, Jay-Z, I dumb down for my audience and double my dollars. They criticize me for it, yet they all yell, holla. Jeff Simbietta, where we get back, we're finally going to talk Lobos basketball. Well, I mean, we talked at a ton to start, but we're going to talk more Lobos basketball. I'm done with Kyrie Irving. I got a moratorium on Kyrie Irving. We're taking a break. Until the next story. Two men on, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Got to be kidding me, dude. Jim f***ing Rome. Dude, don't make me block you. Don't be the first on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Animal. Host of the opening drive, friend of the show, Jeff Simbieta is at the Mountain West Tournament. Jeff, welcome to the program, brother. Good afternoon. How are you? Feeling good, still kind of living a high from last night in the second half of the Lobos. 63 combined points between the three big guys for the good guys. How did the game feel last night, Jeff? How exciting was the Thomas and Mack Center? It was good. It, it, it felt um, felt familiar. I know I use that term a lot around Lobo basketball this time, but it, it was a Wednesday crowd that felt, I don't know if I said this to you guys yesterday when I was in for the UNLV game, but a Wednesday crowd and typically that first Day, you know, nobody's in town yet, or all the all the fans aren't in town yet. And the, the crowds are always smaller, and they pick up on this, you know, today for the quarterfinals. But that was a Thursday borderline Friday, or a Friday crowd, uh, and Wyoming fans were there because the women played immediately after that game, right in the, in the championship uh, game for the women. So there was a great energy in there, and it, it's inarguable. I mean, it, it was it was three to one New Mexico uh, fans, but the game was it was fun. It was it was. You know, it was March basketball, and you know, like I'm watching this Nevada game right now, and they're in overtime with San Jose State. Everything tight. San Diego State got taken down to the wire today. It was good, and, and there were a lot of nervous Lobo fans. There, you know, a lot of the woof 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 crowd was down three at halftime and nervous. You could see it as you just walked the aisles. But uh, big second half, and and I thought, you know, it's funny defensively. You say, and I asked Josiah Alec this in the press conference. I said, you know, I thought what he did on on um, Maldonado in the second half was the keys. <laughs> he got thirty six, man. I said, yeah, but I mean, when you, you made him work for it, and I thought it frustrated him down the stretch. Jeff, let's uh, talk a little more about the crowd and and Lobo fan traveling out there, except for a hometown UNLV. Are our Lobos the best traveled? I will tell you even more so than you and LV. I, it, in, there's, I was talking to uh, Ed Graney, who writes for the uh, um, Las Vegas Review Journal, and, and, and um, he and I go back. He, he was working for the Daily Aztec when I was doing KCR games at San Diego State, and he's an award-winning guy here. Covers the Raiders and UNLV. He said that 
because the rebels have been down for so long, is people just don't seem to care. And they're, you know, he's hoping Kevin Kruger brings it back. But like with everything that's going on in this town, right? They got the NHL, they got the National Football League, they have the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl. They're, you know, the Super Bowl's coming. It's like UNLV is is at risk of kind of getting lost if they're not very good. And they weren't really all that good. And, and he says, you know, that people just aren't coming out. I, I would, I was at both games yesterday. I don't think it's even arguable that that New Mexico crowd. There were more people, and they were certainly louder than the UNLV crowd. Love that. Are the Lobos capturing the independent fan as well, Jeff? Are they getting the the waiting for the next game or stuck around from the previous game? Are they able to bring in bonus fans while they're there? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, it's fans are really interesting. So if you got like what it'll be tonight, it'll be Boise State and um, the UNLV fans sticking around. So um, I, I think. I, you know, who, it, it, the the bonus fans, as you say, it almost is more who do you dislike less, you know what I mean, the, sure. the, the other game. Because in this league, the rivals, everybody hates everybody else. And, um, and, and you know, like, like who does a Lobo fan dislike less? So, I, not, I don't know, Fred, it's interesting. I, I think everybody loves watching them, though. I will tell you that. I, I was sitting next to this guy. Um, it, it was a blog guy based out of, North Carolina and Winston Salem was first game that he had seen New Mexico in person, and and he just you know couldn't stop raving like dude talked the whole game like the whole game, um, <laughs> but he couldn't stop raving about it and and he looks at me he's like yeah House isn't a very good shooter and, and House has has this awkward shot right he kind of you know, takes it from his hip a little bit and, yeah. and I said and I looked up there was like three minutes to go and I'm like I don't know dude their starting point guard's got 26 points six rebounds and six assists <laughs> or whatever the number was I'm like. I, I mean, I, I think he's shooting all right, and he's like, "Oh, wow, well, I, well." I mean, that that last shot he took wasn't very good. I'm like, "Okay, dude." <laughs> you know, it's um, but yeah, it, you know, people enjoy watching him. I don't know if they're picking up the peripheral fan though. Lobos number one in scoring, Utah State number two in scoring. Uh, I'm just calling yeah. my bookie and betting the over, right? Yeah, I don't even know. You know what? I got it right here. I probably should have it. I, I, I mean, I don't know why I would have a sheet like that sitting around here. Oh, but, geez. Why um, would you have that in Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, why, why would that even be? Uh, what's the number? It's 158. It's a pretty high number. And, and, you know, it's a, actually the highest number I see on that page. Um, so what was that? Like 70, what would 75, 74 hits yeah. you at what? One, yeah, that's, that's a big number. It's a big number. I, I, yeah, I go for it. Utah State's, I think, top twenty in three point shooting, guys. And, that, and so, what's hurt the Lobos this year? When they get beat, what happens? Teams shoot the lights out, right? Yep. I mean, somebody would Colorado State shoot fifty eight percent the other night up in Fort Collins. If you t- and last night, um, they they didn't shoot. Hunter Thompson, their big guy, was over seven from the, from three-point line. It was all about Maldonado. If Utah State is hot, this is going to be a tough one. You're going to have to match them score for score. You're asking a lot, right? That's a rested team. You went hard last night. But yeah, Ben, I, I, I think you're totally right. I think there's a lot of numbers tonight. In the February 1st matchup between these two teams, a combined 157 points. Uh, take the over. That's how I feel about it. So, so yeah, you're uh, right at the Van, number, right? These guys are really good, by the way. I don't know if you know that. Um, in Vegas. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> they're, they didn't get there really good. The dude, That dude I was telling you about from North Carolina, he's like, pardon me, man. He says, I'm sorry. You know, I, I never cheer on press row, and I know you're not supposed to, but I got New Mexico and I laid seven and a half, and this is like the sixth team of my 16 parlay, and if I if they win, I hit this. You know, uh, and he was all stoked. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so so I, got, I, got, I got internet blogger guy just, just – 
almost actively whooping it up on, on press row. It was kind of cute. Uh, that's so funny. Van was talking about in the opener, Jeff, about how he has concern about the legs of this team. Four games, four days, and the bench is awful tight, and our boy Forsling played a very impressive minutes last night. Do you see energy as a factor over the course of not just tonight, but the remainder of the week if this team advances? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, but everybody's going to be tired, right? So you're going to one game tired more. You went in the locker room and did a couple interviews afterwards, and everybody's iced up, right? Everybody's got ice on their knees and their ankles, and everybody's iced up. I don't know. I, you know, think about when you were 20, 21, 22, playing AAU tournaments, playing four games a day, but it, but it was different, right? It, was, it wasn't as intense. There wasn't right. as much on the line. Right. Um, you know, so somebody on our show said, it's kind of like, you know, you go out in, in, in the spring break or you're out in Vegas all night and you come back and you do it the next day. Well, kind of. I, I thought it was more like a, <laughs> being an AAU tournament. But, yeah, I think that's a totally fair concern, guys. They, they're playing, you know, seven guys. Sebastian got, what, five minutes yesterday? He was plus five, by the way, your guy. Oh, Tried yeah. To pictures. I do. Um, you did. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd be concerned, yeah. I mean, I think that's totally fair to be concerned about it team that's not very deep and, and how are they going to be and, and but will they get tired I, I think that's a totally fair concern I mean this comes down to the playmakers making plays I don't want to oversimplify it I don't right. think there's an effective game plan against UNM except for you got to double team somebody and that's going to leave somebody open is that the way you see it playing out the players have to play to win this game yeah, and you and I are on the same page, right? I always say, you know, they got to make shots. Really, Jeff? They put the ball in the hole, and they're going to win. The others are going to win. Yeah, really? But, you know, it, it, it's it's they, they, their shooters have to score. And, and this team is not going to win if, if you know, Mashburn and House have, well, if they both have a bad shooting night, but um, they need those guys to score. I, I, t- I think I told you yesterday, I thought the offense had to run through the posts. Yeah. And I thought it did last night. I, I thought, and, and um, somebody who was at shoot-around, yesterday told me that that was one of the emphasis that Richard Pitino was, was saying at their shoot-around yesterday, got to make sure you get touches in the post. I think, I think they're two big – first of all, I think they pass the ball so well. I think their high-low game is really good. And I, I asked Josiah about that afterwards, and, and he, he said, you know, I wish I could have returned more. You know, he, he, he had four assists and did, um, did more as he does. But, yeah, you guys, if they run it through the post, and it, what it does is it just free guys up for shots. And, yeah, I mean, it's it, – it, it, Oversimplified all you want. Yeah, I think it's right. They got to make their scores have to score. Yeah. Utah I think my State. last one. Oh, go ahead, buddy. I was going to say, I think my last one is this. Is there an advantage for the Lobos, in your opinion, Jeff, if teams only have but one day to prepare for them? Because I feel like the athleticism of this team not just measures up against everyone else in the Mountain West, but might surpass a lot of teams. Yeah, and I think that goes in tomorrow. I, I'm going to guess. Utah State spent the last four days preparing for the Lobos, right? I mean, they, they probably threw in okay. a little bit. Well, if mm-hmm. Wyoming wins, then we'll do this. We'll chase Maldonado around. But i, I got to believe that they figured New Mexico was going to win this game, and that's who they were going to get. So, yeah, I, I do think there's something to that. If they get, And certainly if they get through tonight, right, and then, and then they'll go, you know, whoever wins between UNLV and Boise State will have one day just like they will. Um, but but I, I, I got and I asked. Uh, Josiah Alec that yesterday because he he was trying to spin. Well, we got the advantage now. We've already played and uh, we know the atmosphere and, and and it's their first one and we're on a roll. And and, and I think you got to convince yourself that. But I mean, don't, don't you think Utah State probably figured they were getting New Mexico and that's probably what they were they were game planning for the last four days, right? 
Yeah, I mean that's the common consensus, right? They're a significantly better team. You know, they got they got ran out of their own gym without Jalen House, but they're coming in with all their infinity stones. Like they're looking pretty good. No, yeah, no. I, I look. It's what three and a half tonight. I mean, every every game has been tight. I'm watching this. Like San Jose State's about ready to knock Nevada out, which is crazy. Um, they're in overtime right now, and so Nevada's going to be right on the bubble. Everything's tight. Colorado State played San Diego State to three. All those games yesterday, I mean, this game, the local game, the 11 points was the largest margin. Everything else was tight. Air Force and UNLV went overtime. Colorado State Fresno went down to the wire. Like, like you watch all these games. There's, you know, there's a few games every every tournament that there's one big blowout. But for the most part, man, I'm watching a lot of really, really close games. And so you come down to it, and it, who's your dude? Like, who, who's your dude, and is your dude better than theirs? And, man, it goes right to what you said. Who's going to make a shot, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. Who makes plays? Coaches get all this credit. Players make plays. And, and if, you're, if you're guys – like, they're – Utah State can score, dude. They're longer than you are. Yeah. I, I like I like New Mexico's bigs better. They can score. They can shoot. If if they get on a roll, you got to figure out a way to slow them down, and, that, and that's the concern. New Mexico can win this game, and I actually got a weird feeling that they're going to. I think I told you yesterday. I thought they were going to get to Friday. Um, I got a weird feeling. They're gonna win you know, I do too. I think this is a little bit of redemption. They're coming in hot. Uh, they know their game plan. They know they got to win. And you got to leave it all on the court because, you know, like I said, I think they might have problems the next couple games with fatigue, mm-hmm. but this is the one right here. You got to leave it all on the court. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And, you know, I thought they played really well last night. You look over the last seven, right? They were three and seven in their last 10 coming in. So now they're four and seven in their last 11. And they played, you know, a bunch of those games except for the two games that they got blown blown out without uh, without House. I didn't think they played that bad, right? They lost on a buzzer beater to San Diego State. They lost on a buzzer beater to Nevada. They lost by a few points. Um, there was another game in there, whatever it was. Uh, you know, the Colorado State game was bad, and the Utah State game was bad. But I, I, I thought overall, I mean, yeah, they weren't winning games, but I didn't think they were playing horrible. And look, there, there's talent, man. You get hot, you can have fun. They could do something special. So let's go have fun tonight. It's going to be a late night. Um, Maybe not late. Oh, Oh, sorry, buddy. (laughs) No, no, you're good. Yeah, live at the Mountain West. Thank you so very much, Jeff. You are going to have a banger of an evening, and if the Lobos win, um, I don't know how you have more than – what's more than a banger? A double banger? I have no idea. It's going to be a good night Um, for you. I can feel it. Yeah, a mega banger. A a big banger, yeah. No, what's what's that show called? I don't remember. What's that damn sitcom? The Big Banger uh, Theory? Was, oh, The Big Banger. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that's, that's where I was trying to go. I just couldn't pull it out of my backside. Yeah, Look, man, the synapses are firing, firing a little slowly. Um, 6 a.m. comes early um, because, well, sure. I have a lot of things, but I'm not very smart. And so um, our old program director said, look, here, here's how you can do this. Just You can go to bed early. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I can't. And J.J. Buck once told me, um, you can drink water, which was like a total novel concept. Like, you can, really? Like, no, okay, I imagine you could. I guess people do that. So I'm not very smart, boys. There's a couple cowboys in radio. Jeff Symbiette is one of them. That's no doubt. Thanks so much, Jeff. All right, boys. Talk to you tomorrow. Cheers. Thanks, Jeff. Yep. Yeah, you will. Jealous. I'm jealous. I just, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, you keep burning the candle at both ends every extra day you're in Vegas. <laughs> we we I'm, did it in Phoenix at the Super Bowl, like eight days. <laughs> if we That's, did a like Patreon, like everything we did outside of Super Bowl stuff while at the Super Bowl, like people would think we were lying.
Like it would be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. How do they? The, let, is the game? Go ahead. Is the game on regular TV or how do we? How do CBS watch Sports it? Network? CBS. CBS Sports, Sports Network. Tonight. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, well, in Van, like, and also like, here's like a neat thing. Like for the friend of the show, let's talk about this when we get back. Let's talk a little bit of inside radio, actually, because I think it's there's a couple really neat things that just happened in this last segment that I don't necessarily know if friend of our show and Albuquerque listener is privy to. This is Two Men On, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Don't show up to work without a take. Everyone will know, know. and they'll talk about you in the lunchroom over a ham sandwich. It's the opening drive with Jeff Simbietta and J.J. Buck. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. What are we like? Eight minutes away from the top of the hour? Looks like it. So you know what's kind of crazy? And it just happened like minutes ago. Okay. You are in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Accurate. You're at the studio. Yes, I am. I am in Las Vegas, New Mexico. I'm at the university. Okay. Jeff Simbietta is in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. He's at the Mountain West Tournament. Yep. We're living in the future. Yeah. Isn't that bonkers? It's crazy. Steph Griffin is making this whole thing go around. Through remote satellite broadcast, cell phones, in-studio production, beaming it up a mountain to a tower that's shooting it out terrestrially that gets interrupted by an un-FCC governed live stream and rebroadcast on YouTube and Facebook Live. When I started this game 20 years ago, before Kyrie Irving Instagram story stories, none of this existed. One of you, when you sta- like, when you started in radio, one of the people had to be on like a stationary bike to power the whole operation. It was two tin cans and a string. <laughs> I think it's bonkers. Like I'm not going to gloss over like how insane like living in the future is, the technology we deal with, and become just absolutely accustomed to. But this past segment with Jeff Simbietta from the opening drive with Jeff JJ and A Marie. Uh, seven to ten. Where's that at? Every uh, every weekday morning on ninety five nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. Tell a friend. You're in two different Las Vegases. <laughs> there is a significant part. There's a significant part of planet Earth that doesn't know there's more than one in Las Vegas, and we're doing a radio show from one of each. I'm in the town, and that obviously it's the original. Obviously Albuquerque. This too, claims the best the one. original one. Oh yeah, there's only well. There's only Al Albuquerque and regular Albuquerque. Those are the only two. The Las Vegas, the like one I'm in, the OG Las Vegas, everyone here loves it. That's here. Right. Everyone here who's not here doesn't have any clue about it. Sure. Like, like the whole city is trans- college there? That's nice. We have multiple colleges here. This is a like really cool affluent town with a lot of like transplants from all over this country doing really positive things. Like hosting this radio show right now, <laughs> like it's we're there, dude. This place, this is so crazy to me. I said a student athlete today. I won't give any names. Went to get stem cell stuff, and I'm like, are we in the future? You got stem like, stem cell what? stuff up there. I want to do some stem I mean, cell the, stuff. The, I'm telling you, man. 
And Jeff Symbieta is like, I'm watching a live stream of CBS Sports. I'm talking on my cell phone to the city of Albuquerque, talking to a guy in the city of Las Vegas, New Mexico, giving updates to a guy listening on the app in a city or army base around the world. And you're like, we're doing okay. This is fine. This is. <laughs> and then there's me, you, and Griffin, and none of us know how any of it works. Yeah, sure. I know. There's a, a really small guy behind that wall over here that just cranks the thing. He does that. And then. The... Griffin told me one correct? time it was. Sp- Griffin told me one time it was spider webs and good energy. I said, I don't know if that makes sense. Good okay. juju. Good juju. That's what it was. Yeah. She loves Juju Smith Schuster. Good answer, Kyrie. When we get back from the break, time to give away Snoop Dogg tickets, man. What? Yep, I got a trivia. That's exciting. You want to do the text line? You want to do the Sports Animal text line? Let's do the text line this time. Let's do that. I really like doing the text line. Also, the phone calls are overwhelming. Once we get back, next segment, pull over. No texting and driving out there, friends of the show. Do not text and drive. You know, I don't do that, man. Same. But I am the guy at the stoplight that you have to honk at. So I don't. Oh, I'm not. I don't put your. I don't put your community in danger by texting and driving but i do put your patience in danger by staring at my phone at the stoplight we're even one hour of this program left and then two hours van three hours van until the start of the lobos basketball game so two men on 95.9 fm and am 610 snoop dog after this the sports animal Now, now batting, batting for the, for sports, the sports animal, animal your, your afternoon, afternoon drive. drive. Number, Number two, two men, men on, Van, Van Nunley, Nunley and Fred, Fred Slow. Slow. And in the on-deck circle, circle, Robert, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Giving away tickets, Van. Are you ready? Giving away to me? Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, and Burner, the high school reunion tuner, is coming to Albuquerque August 22nd. Obviously, DJ Drama is there, Van. You didn't know that. You didn't know that special guest DJ Drama was going to be there. How dare you? I'm a big DJ Drama mark. 33 City Tour kickoff starts July 7th. It will traverse this great country of ours, landing here in Albuquerque on Tuesday, August the 22nd. We're going to give away a set of two tickets right now. Now, here are the rules, Van, okay? Listening. I got rules. I got rules. Okay. I got rules. I'm going to read a trivia question that I just wrote. I (laughs) fact-checked it. Okay. So I know it's correct. Okay. (laughs) I'm very excited. You have to text me on the Sports Animal text line, 505-246-0610. The Sports Animal text line, 505-246-0610. Van, I just forgot the number I said. What is it? Are you referring to the Sports Animal text line, 505-246-0610? Correct. 505-246-0610. Oh, I get it now. Like the station. 
Like, like six the station. Ten, and the number is 0610. Like this, like 0610. A, it's just like the station, Fred. Because we're giving away two tickets okay. to That's Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Orangey, and Burner. Ooh. On Monday, we gave away no tickets because we were putting a burn on it, not a burner. Mm-hmm. A lot of burning Tuesday going we, on at that concert. That is correct. Tuesday, we gave away two tickets. Yesterday, we gave away one tickets. Today, we're going to give away one tickets. Mm-hmm. Van, do you want to give away two sets of tickets? Today? Let's give away two sets of tickets. What? Because tickets, yeah, because tickets go on sale tomorrow, Van. Okay, well, they can just buy them tomorrow. You get them for free right this, now from us. This, <laughs> just by answering one so of your stupid we're only, questions. We're only giving away, well, there's two answers to this question, so that's why we're giving away two sets. So How exciting. I'm like that sometimes. So, Van, okay. we're giving away two sets of tickets mm-hmm. right now, 505-246-0610. Okay. On Tuesday... We asked a Snoop Dogg question. Yesterday, we asked a Lobos question. Today, a Wiz Khalifa question. Okay. okay now, everyone, everyone knows, Van, that Wiz Khalifa has had 35 songs chart on the Billboard Top 100. They everyone know, they, knows that. They do know that. Okay. Yes. I'm taking your word for everyone it. Everyone is fully aware that six of those 35 songs, they've been top 10 hits, Van. What? I'm telling you. Okay. Now, Wiz Khalifa has two number one songs in the history of his performing time in the Billboard Top 100. Name one. That's it. Name one of Wiz Khalifa's top two number one hits on the Billboard Top 100. I need the song name. So I want the song name to 505-246-0610, the Sports Animal Hotline. Text line. Don't call. Text. And if you name one song, you'll win. If you name the other song, you'll win the other set of tickets. It's that easy. It's not hard. There's only two. They're both bangers. All right. I'm going to be honest with you right now. Even me, even me, who loves hip-hop but knows almost nothing about Wiz Khalifa, got one Mm -hmm. out of two right. I would have got both right. Really? I would have. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, there's one that I thought was higher, which did not become a number one. Is that higher being funny or higher like rating? <laughs> nice. Would that be the one with the initials Y W F? Because I thought that one would be one of the number ones. I would have thought that one would have been no- one of the number ones. That's it was the one. Not. I, that's the one I was incorrect on. Have you? There had are the two. Of seeing them? The, are we doing a race thing? Or are you asking me about my no, privilege? No, no. Like, I was just saying, question? have you seen them in concert yet? <laughs> I've I, I saw Snoop. <laughs> we last year at the Super Bowl were feet away from Wiz Khalifa oh. as he had a private concert on the Pat McAfee show, which was right next to our table oh at Radio Row. So, like, I saw a Wiz Khalifa concert from like, like t- twelve feet away, awesome. maybe <laughs> slightly. <laughs> That's- yeah, like not even enough for a first down. I saw a Snoop Dogg in Houston. I saw he- Snoop Dogg. Yeah, some answers are rolling in. Uh, I will let you know. I saw Snoop Dogg in Houston. Opening for Snoop Dogg was Sam Hunt. Are you familiar with Sam Hunt? Yes, I am. I'm not. Uh, Sorry. Bi- 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 uh, b- uh, oh, what is it? Um. 
body like a back road, uh, singing country head to toe, uh, get up and de- yeah, whatever. It was like a country guy. Any, he any, was not for me. Any song that sounds like that, you can automatically assume Van hasn't heard it. No, no, no clue. Uh, behind him was the Chain Smokers. Are you familiar with them? Yes. See that yes. I am. They have bangers, and yes. their big banger was uh, um. Something mattress in Colorado. Closer? Is it close? Yes, that was the banger at the time. Paris. And then, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, the, what, yeah, what? What in Paris, Griff? What in Paris? I don't know what they did in Paris, but I just know it was called Paris. Oh. <laughs> who was in Paris? Is my question. Who, Griff? <laughs> Say it, Griffin. Who was in Paris? I did not see that film, but yeah. <laughs> And then lastly, uh, Snoop Dogg headlined this thing, and he crip walked out in front of 10,000 oh, people. Oh, I do Probably remember that. I do remember that. Everybody made a it big deal of it. So in incredibly ben- good. It was in his that. bandana, blue bandana outfit. So incredibly good. So incredibly good. It was, yeah, it was, that was, Van, I've talked about this story. I don't know about on air as much, but I've told you about every opportunity I get. That's the night I thought I was going to fall in love with Amanda Nunez. Yeah. Because we went to that concert together. <laughs> So it's me and UFC bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez and I, because I'm not like a UFC guy at all, I'm, I don't care for the sport. I don't know anything about it. So I'm hanging out with her and I'm like, I got a real shot here. Like I'm lined up. Yeah. Like I'm going to, uh, I'm not look at, You're all picking look at out the China. Yeah. And she's like, uh, like her lady shows up, like her girlfriend shows up and I'm like, Oh, Really? Really so, misread that one. So, Didn't. Griff, it's not because she was a lesbian. No, no. It's because she was particular. Yes. She had, <laughs> it's because she, she had taste. She had taste in humans. <laughs> she, knew, she, she knew a cautionary tale yes. whenever she saw one. She's seen a Lifetime movie before. The... Um, that night, uh, Paola. Uh, I'm just going to talk about Paola stuff. I don't. Do, do people know what that is? So, um, so anyways. No. So when you work in radio, you sign a contract, and what it basically says is because this is FCC stuff. It says you cannot endorse a product without saying you're endorsing that product. Right. That's basically what it means, right? So I can't be over here uh, taking money from a company or like a gift and just being like, "Hey, that's a pretty cool company." I mean, no reason for me to say that. Just yeah. outside of that, I'm a guy who thinks it's cool. So if KFC is like, "Here's money." You can't be like, KFC doesn't pay me money. Like, that's basically what it is. Right. So, quid, Trey quid, Wingo. Quid pro quo. Exactly. Yeah. So, do you, do you know Trey Wingo at all, Van? Yeah, we interviewed him last year. Seems lovely. Uh, yeah, the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Trey Wingo's from St. Louis. He's a guy I hang out with every time I'm, like, out or whatever. And um, that is the one where he told me the secret to free suits. Okay. So, he was like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, you never mention it. On anything, it's regulated by the FCC. So just get a bunch of Twitter followers, tweet it. He's like, no one's going to do anything about it. And I'm like, that can't be true. That's not how you circumvent the system. 100% how you circumvent the system is just tweeting about getting free suits because suits don't cost anything to make, but they're expensive as heck to buy. So like, uh, so there you go. There's the trick on getting free suits. Excellent. I'm going to try to pull that on Izzy, friend of the show Izzy. Need- <laughs> That's a non-paid advertisement right there, by the way. You, and you tell him, you go, hey, we have, I don't know how many tw- how many Instagram followers we have. 4,000? 4, 5,000? 4, I have no so. idea. Yeah. yeah. The, like, that's not enough. Like, you need, you need Wingo numbers, which we don't have. Soon. Um, 
You know what I like about our Instagram? And by the way, at TalkABQ, if you don't follow it, we put a lot of stuff on there. Um, ours is all real people who follow us, which is kind of cool. And they're like Albuquerque-based like people, like friends of the show. Hey, these answers right, we- are pouring in. It's going to take a minute. We're going to have to go to commercial break to decipher and dig through all yeah, of these answers. Oh, there's, oh, there is a bunch of them. I just hit refresh. Oh, my God. All right, everyone's about this Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa life. You can tell how it took like four or five minutes for the answer to start rolling in because people were Googling. Ah. Like, also, like, and I'm not trying to be that guy right here, but you're naming a lot of Weekend songs, people. Like, I, The Weekend and Wiz Khalifa are not the same person. Like, I need to, like, <laughs> there's a big difference here. I wouldn't be able there's, to tell. I'm not a big I, Weekend uh, dude. Oh, I'm a big weekend guy. You're big weekend, Mark. I never yeah, got into the weekend. I, I'm you should see a definite uh, sativa and indica um, brand there. One's definitely the weekend and yeah, the weekend and whiz. whiz yeah, whiz in the weekend. The new hybrid brought to you by <laughs> Black and Yellow Cannabis Company. Did, right. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> An underwriter of New Mexico United Soccer. Yes. Like, <laughs> this, is, <laughs> this is super weird. We'll announce our winners whenever we get back. There are two, there are winners. I see them. Oh, there's the, there's so a many. bunch of wrong ones. We'll go through some of the wrong ones. These are terrible. These, some of these are really bad. A hilarious. I, wish I could see them. A couple of them are hilarious, so. though. Yeah, they're not bad at all. Good guy, Geno Smith, whenever we get back. He's the gift that keeps on giving. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. You don't need a perfect bracket to make money gambling on March Madness. Tune in to Name Three Players with me, Amory Castillo, and I'll tell you how this Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. on The Sports Animal. Griff, is it true that Mailman is here? That is incorrect. So I got a text saying, mailman. I was text your mailman because OG friend of the show mailman was right on the cusp of winning these tickets. Oh, no, he just missed it. Let me, I'm going to do some math real quick. Now, hold on. It's one, two, incorrect. incorrect. No, he actually missed it by a lot. Incorrect. He missed it by a couple. Incorrect. So hold on. So, yeah, what is yeah? Is that an Usher song? That's not correct. Blinding Lights is a weekend song. Somebody just wrote D's Nuts. Yeah, what? that's pretty sweet. <laughs> that's insanely <laughs> clever. Hold on. All right. Math says that Mailman was 28 seconds off of getting these tickets. So sorry, Mailman. We dem boys. What is? I don't know what that is. is I think that, uh, someone just that... decided to represent their cowboys and say we dem. Got boys. it. Okay. So I think the say is... the say yeah one wasn't an answer to a song, but somebody texts an answer is like like please say yeah, like, please say it's me. <laughs> That's the way I'm reading it. I'm also there's also a lot of texts on the sports animal text line that are like just a bunch of question marks. That's and cool. This is the thing that gets me to block your number if I meet you on a dating app. Like, if you only send me a question mark, we're no longer going to continue the conversation. Like, you're, like, 
I need to understand clearly. Okay, so, so I'm ready to announce somebody, the winners. Somebody was very thorough and not only put See You Again, but See You Again featuring Charlie Puth. <laughs> so thank you for being thorough. Somebody thought they were going to get both of them and had See You Again, which is correct. So the two bangers were See You Again and Black and Yellow. Mm-hmm. Black and Yellow charted first, Van, only at the top of the Billboard Top 100 for one week's ah. Van, Black and Yellow. One more that than was zero, losers. That, <laughs> I guess. It, it charted uh, in February of 2011, Black and Yellow, Black and Yellow. I do remember and that. And then... Uh, the follow-up four years later, which was not the follow-up. It's just a different song altogether, so I don't know why I said that. Okay. See You Again, Wiz Khalifa, of course, featuring Charlie Puth, who is a world of talent. Is he really? you're not familiar with Charlie Puth. I'm not. He's very good. Okay. He's insanely good. He's, he's um, oh, what's the name of that band he's in? Panic at the Disco? Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a talented dude. I'm so from, we got I'm winners. From, Here they are. I'm from Albuquerque. I'm only familiar with Hispanic at the Disco. Oh, exhibit. Mm-hmm. 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 Who are the winners, Fred? Congratulations to friend of the show, Chris. All He's right. the big winner. Also, friend of the show, Matt, the big winner. So I believe two Matts won. So that's okay. kind of an exciting week. Hey, good week to be named Matt. Good week to be named Matt. So there you also, go. So, uh, yeah, did, you, of- did they provide their emails? Yeah, I, said, I got it all here. All right, sweet. Good job, yeah. guys. So the So the winners for the week were... Vince, Virgil, Matt, Matt, and Chris. So there you go. We give away five hey, sets. We give away 10 ticks. Good week for V-Words and Matts. Yeah, and then somehow a Chris. One <laughs> so, little Chris sprinkled in there. The It gets even better, though, because you're like, well, Fred, I can't believe I missed out on my Snoop Dogg tickets. I want to see Wiz Khalifa. I want to see you again. Well, you can do that. When the tickets go on sale tomorrow, because we don't give away same day, boys. We give away pre-orders. Yep. So... Log on tomorrow, get your Snoop Dogg tickets, hang out with your boys. You and I don't have tickets officially. We'll have to figure something out on the other end. Just you want to make an official media pass, just walk in, figure it out. No, no, no. I, I got tickets. I am both mats. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have four tickets now and two fake IDs. <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Um, <laughs> last, lastly, uh, you're, my friend, I want something too. Tune in next week. We got PBR tickets Ooh, all week long. Oh, we're oh, yeehaw, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Do- dog, you act. We got them for the 24th and the 26th. Not the 25th, though. Saturday, you got to figure it out yourself. Is Sam Hunt's going to be there? The- Is that real? I don't know. I'm going to Google it. Body like a back road. I can drive my back hoe, hoeing on. I don't know the words. Is that oh. close, Griff? I don't know, but she was a, it's she just awesome know. to listen to you sing. <laughs> you know, you know what that was. I, you know what just happened. What's that? Have what's you ever that? heard a, a Southern lady just say, "Oh, bless his heart." That's what that was. <laughs> oh, isn't he just a sweetheart? Yeah. yeah. Precious. He's oh, precious. Just the sweetest thing, I swear to God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that he, man uh... for it. <laughs> 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 He's kind in his own way, and Jesus Christ blessed him. That's what, that's what I just got right there. I know we're not supposed oh. to say this word, so I'll say special. Yeah, he's special. He comes from a kind stock, and we appreciate that about him. I don't want to say the word idiot, but let's just call no. him simple. Now, my my granddaughters were telling me 
if I calls him what they used to call my uncle, that uh, the peoples would not like me no more. That's okay. what. That's how people they describe me. <laughs> I don't see any musical guests at the PBR. I think it's just cow, just cowboying. You Unleash think so? Unleash the beast, the pit. Unleash. I'm excited the for beast. all of our winners. I'm super excited for all of our winners. Also, find us. Drinks on you. Yeah, I don't. I would bet anything that Chevelle Shepard is going to do the national anthem. Oh, that would just be the nicest treat. That's got to be true, right? I don't know. Doesn't say. I'm looking for it. Speaking of nice, the gift that keeps on giving, Geno Smith. He said, "Quote: If we draft a QB, I'll compete with them and I'll mentor them." Oh. God, quit, quit trying to go after my heart, Gino. Yeah, you already got it, Gino. Don't play games with it. Don't play play games against your opponents. Beat them. Also, with Don't what beat me into a pulp with what they're paying Gino, they should one hundred percent draft a quarterback, i.e. Anthony Richardson, because he's the best mm-hmm. at everything at the combine. Give him a couple years, let him loose on the NFL. Ooh wee. Also, we got Gino to. We got Gino's oh, contract super wrong. Well, actually, the people who leaked the contract reported it incorrectly oh, okay. to me. What's it ends up being? Three years, 75 mil. 25 mil a year for Gino. That is genius on all parts. He finally got paid. He finally got his NFL career money, and then the Seahawks don't have to break the bank to have a nice transition quarterback. I think it's pretty good Give on all parts. Give me the numbers parts. one more time. Three years, 75 mil. 25 mil a year straight away. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, and, you know, he was a backup for so long, and those dudes that kind of, like, stick around and, you know, they're they're not necessarily a large part, but they're an important part to, like, a bunch of teams, and you can learn a lot, and then you build, like, a trust between, like, front office, yeah. and then before you know it, you get an opportunity, you make some money, and now you know you know how to share that experience with the next guy? And look. Like, I'm, I'm in on this. I'm glad that he got paid. You know, he's the nicest guy on earth. He deserves it, blah, blah, blah. Still, the league minimum six hundred sixty grand. That's still sweet. My goodness. You know what's kind of neat or interesting to me, anyways, is Gino, who's like the QB mentor now, as he's so proclaimed. Sure, you can get guys who are the exact like Ryan Tannehill was like, uh, not my job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Brett Favre was like, not my job. You know, there's there's dudes who just kind of like suck. Um, and I think those guys are in every profession, right? Those guys exist all across all professions where they're like, I'm not helping the next guy. It's not, you know, it's not about that. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Someone helped you at some point in your life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like and and help is different, right? Like, um, you and I work together all the time. My version of help is not fuck or is not nice. It's not nice at all. My version of help is like not fun. Correct. My version of help is like direct. My version of help is like recognize. We'll talk about your feelings later. Like, and I think you have to have that to, to communicate well and do well, because that's how I've been communicated to, you know? And, and I think the guys that we were talking about generational stuff earlier, a little coddly, a little, whatever, mm-hmm. um, if you have that language and you can use it to communicate, oh my gosh, do it. Cause I don't have it. Like that right. don't exist in me. Yeah. And me, I'm, I'm, uh, a little more empathetic, a little more compassionate. I come from the social work world. So coddling and patience are very much in my nature that we have different approaches 
I think that's maybe why it works. Well, and I'll tell you what, like, at least with my approach, and you can use this with quarterbacks in the NFL, or you could use this with anyone who I think has an exceptional, like, effort that they can make. I feel, and I'll use, like, our show as an example. I'll use you, or i use Griff, or Robert when he was with us, or now Tyler since he's joined us. Everyone in these positions is here because they have a lot of talent. Sure. You know, and to me, like, that is, like, your resume. Like, your resume is, like, not necessarily what you've done before. It's not necessarily what you're going to do next. It's what you're currently doing. And to be able to say, hey, I did that too. Like, I used to throw sliders in a production room. Like, I used to do man on the street. Like, I had to learn tech. And then it's a – you communicate that forward. And by the time that – because what do, what do I have, Van? A 19-year head start on Tyler? Correct. Like, the, t- the time will come when I won't be around. Yeah. And Tyler will be around. You have 15-and-a-half-year head start on me. Right. Yeah. And, like, Tyler will end up being very good in this career for a very long time if people help him. But if you you put up a wall and if you create – we mean, literally, we're talking this morning about, like, a failure off the air. And it's like – he's like, hey, I'll come in and remedy that thing. Don't worry about it. We're in the learning phase. You know, once we get down the road and we're no longer in the learning phase, whenever you're no longer the backup quarterback, when you're the starting quarterback, Mm. you're ready to go because you got to figure it out. Right. And organizations love that. He'll end up becoming a coordinator. He'll end up becoming a coach. He'll end up doing maybe front office stuff because he obviously understands how that works. Like this $75 million now has set him up for a career for the rest of his life. Yes. Yeah, he, awesome. he, can, he could do this like any job within the NFL, whether it's front office or coaching or marketing or whatever. Like he's got mm-hmm. the personality for it. He's got the smile for it. He's got the smarts for it. He's got the resume for it. I mean, he could do anything he wants. And – I mean, we talk about tragic events, horrible decisions mm-hmm. on this program all the time. I can't remember one where Gino's name was attached. Any character stuff, any moral oh, stuff? Oh, good point. Not a one. Well, you know, and that puts you on the exact opposite of that coin that you're looking at, which is, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Ryan Tannehill, who's an idiot, that puts you on the exact opposite side where it's every guy who would say something along the lines of like, yeah, I love for my team to – Draft my replacement. That's cool. Aaron Rodgers, remember, was a guy who was like, I, this is stupid. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, if a quarterback were to say, hey, yeah, do that. I'm all about that. I wouldn't believe any of them. I believe Geno Smith. Yes. I wouldn't believe any of them except for Geno Smith. And conversely, you know, to Aaron Rodgers, I think the Rodgers versus Geno comparison, when Geno knew that he was going to be the starting quarterback, he worked with his wide receivers all summer. Aaron Rodgers knew he was going to be the quarterback, didn't work with any of these rookie rookie wide receivers, just begged for Devontae back, went and did ayahuasca and like wallowed in his own sorrow instead of getting out there and working. And Geno Smith had a better year than Aaron Rodgers last year. Put that into perspective. Is it work? I think it is. If this backup quarterback writes Geno, will he write them back? Yeah. 14 minutes for one punchline. <laughs> Fred, the answer is yes. Of course he will. He's a stand-up he dude. He's a wonderful stand-up human being. He's fantastic. Oh, I should be a stand-up. Oh, my gosh. Such a good sports joke. Oh, man, thank you for... Uh, Sticking out with me on that one. Tech. I'll participate broke the every once in a while. 
<laughs> we did a whole segment on Geno Smith so I could burn one joke at the very end. Oh. <sighs> you want to go NBA or you want to go NFL when we get back? Flip a coin. The Texans did some dumb stuff. Big surprise. We break it down for you. It's money stuff. I do like this part of the game. I don't like talking coaches. I think coaches is boring. I do like talking money. I think the business of football is insanely interesting. Two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. You don't need a perfect bracket to make money gambling on March Madness. Tune in to Name Three Players with me, Amory Castillo, and I'll tell you how this Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. on The Sports Animal. All right, Griff, I got the story here, okay? So the NFL is taking a fifth-round pick from the Texans and fighting them $175,000 for what the league believes is a salary cap violation. Houston thinks it's an accounting error that dates back to Deshaun Watson's training during COVID. They're going to fire some accountant, so that poor guy's going to lose his job. <laughs> like, that's a given. But you don't just have accounting errors sit on the books for three years. COVID was three years ago. Fifth round draft pick. I mean, that's worth something. But also, like, how do you argue it if you're the Texans? Well, we know there was a mistake, but we had a Clevin more dollars. Clevin? What is that? What is that? A seven? Was that an 11? The accountant was like, I listen, I went home early that day. I have no idea. I have no idea how this thing works out. So allegedly, the Texans believe it was gave to them because there was no salary camp advantage and they were paying Deshaun Watson $26,000 to train at a local facility when, when obviously theirs was closed during COVID. First of all, it's a pretty good salary if you can get it to work out. $26,000, pretty good to go to the gym. I mean, you know exactly where he was and what he was doing. It wasn't going to the gym. You know what kind of dude that dude is. But a salary count error? Are they taken out of the book of the Houston Astros? Are the Houston Texans? Are the Houston Texans trying to do Houston Astros math? Are they saying, hey, don't take our fifth-round draft pick and $175,000. We'll just fire an accountant. That should make it all better. That's the vision here. Keep the books or cook the books, but you're not going to tell me that you catching a fifth and 175K is from an accounting error three years ago when you were paying that loser Deshaun Watson to stay at home and train. You know what he was doing at home. And now I feel bad for the guy. It's whatever dude as well that left early. Like whatever accountant that left early that day, they're like, that dude's done. He's out of here. Oh, the work from home guy? Fired. Like Figure him out. Hey, pull the bus around. We're throwing Steve underneath it. <laughs> He's got it coming. Ugh. I can't believe that's all they got for what they did. Do you know what this, this fudge in the books is? Do you know what this was for? What this was is, it, Vance? This is for the secret hotel room 
where Deshaun Watson allegedly sexually assaulted 100%. these women. That's what that was for. 100% true. That's the money it's that they're trying to make true. go away. They're trying. <laughs> sure, okay. You tried to fudge the books, do a little weird salary cap stuff. Why? Right. Why? Why did you need to cover up that X amount of money? Oh, maybe because you're paying for a hotel room where Deshaun Watson was getting his creepy massages. And it's now this is on you and you're trying to cover it up. And you got covering it up. You got caught covering it up. Friend of the show, JD, is joining us. JD, welcome to the program, brother. Yeah, I was I was late. I was eating my crow from last night. I I picked my own. <laughs> so I just finished we, my crow. We dinner. forgive you. Hey, brother, yeah, it was five o'clock. So you didn't even win if you took Wyoming and the points. That's how wrong I know, you were. That was, I know that was that was even better, right? Um, no, I thought they played really well last night, um, and I just saw San Jose State beat Nevada. Uh, Crazy. CSU San Diego, yeah, San Diego State almost lost today too. That would have been that would have been beautiful at CSU beat San Diego State. That would have that would have been great, but it didn't happen. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight. Utah State's a totally different team than Wyoming, right? Oh, the, well, they're healthy and they have good players. So yeah. yes. Yeah. What do you think it will happen is- tonight? Well, we were talking about it earlier with Symbietta, and you know, in my opinion, Van, I think I think Jeff was spot on with the love got a shot. And to me, is if you can keep it tight in the first half, JD, and then you can put you can go to another gear in the second half, like they did last night. I think they'll be in the mix at the end. I don't think it'll be an eight, nine, ten point win for the Lobos, but could it be a possession or two? Absolutely, absolutely. And and yeah. I I yeah, do but- see. Oh, go ahead, JD. No, I just I was surprised last night when they were down at the half because typically they don't do well in the first two to four minutes in the second half. And I thought, come, right? Um, but it worked out. And then at the end of the game, I do not understand for the life of me. He had fouled out, but I still would have teed him up when uh, uh, what's his name for Wyoming was was jabbering with the ref on his last foul. Yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, I think he even touched the ref. If you go he back did. and look at it, it looked like he, And I was like, why are you not letting you know, him him up? Because it was he an 11-point game. Because, <laughs> hey, yeah, if it would have been still, a, if it been a one then, possession game, he 100% would have got teed up. But they're up 11. We're like, just let him exit gracefully. Oh, yeah. it's a one-point okay. game, though, Van. He's not, saying, he's not chirping at all. In a one-point game, there's no words. Oh, I don't Maybe. know. He was, pretty, he was pretty livid. He was pretty hot. But go ahead. What how you taking? In, how you taking in the game tonight, JD? How do you? How do you? Gonna, are you gonna put your Lobo shirt back on? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say no. Oh come on! <laughs> we, we don't we don't match up well against Utah State, and that kid that's the point guard. What's his? He looks like he's 35. Correct. He um, might be. He had to go Ashford? on a mission. Is his name Ashford? I think his name is Ashford. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, yeah. He got back from Cleveland, spreading the good word. Yeah, Ashworth. <laughs> yeah, Ashworth. Yeah. Yeah. He went yeah. on a mission like for four years. Yeah. So totally unfair, right? He has a mortgage. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It depends. I think it really depends on if we're hitting threes and if we can get the ball inside to Desi and he can do some damage inside. We just can't let this team drain threes on us because they can do it at a prolific rate. And so, 
We'll see. The, I don't know. The most I would like to believe that is. The most in the Mountain West this year. Most threes in the Mountain West. Highest three yeah. point percentage in the Mountain West too. I mean, it's they they JD. live the by the three, die by the three for these guys. What is yeah, bigger at the Thomas? What's bigger at the Thomas and Mac tonight? The student section for Utah State or the family section? <laughs> Isn't it the same? <laughs> That's what I started to say. It's the same thing. Uh, it's 100% the hopefully, same. It's the, JD, hopefully it's the bigger Lobo section. It's the Lobos. Okay, I'm going to say JD Lobos will be by having five. his. Oh, there we go. Lobos by five. JD does not want to yep. eat crow two days in a row. Yeah, we got to stay out of foul trouble too, right? Got to stay out of foul trouble. If either Jalen or, or Jamal get in foul trouble, that's always doomed for us anyway. So we got to stay out of foul trouble. I got Lobos by two as time expires. A Sebastian Forsling two-handed dunk to seal the game <laughs> as time expires. That's yeah. what I got. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. But any he hurt? He's not played in like forever. You got five good minutes. minutes last night. Five good minutes, baby. Plus five yeah. in the book, and he entered the game, drew a bunch of fouls defensively. He he had a pretty good game, actually. You know, the the one we didn't really talk about was the charity stripe for the Lobos last night. I think House went 10 for 10. Yep. You know, to me, it's it's scoring uncontested, not just going to the basket or open threes or whatever, but, you know, from the free throw, that's the one that matters to me. Yeah, and, he, and especially late. I thought he hit a lot of them, right? It was mm-hmm. big because they cut it to nine a couple of times late. And you're looking at it and going, yeah, we're under a minute. But the way the way the game goes now, like football, used to at the two-minute warning, game was over. Now the game is never over. Sure. And it's the same in college basketball. You just need a few seconds to get down. and You get two or three in a row, and there you go. You're right there, right? But it was the free throws oh, late not, that made a big difference. Yep. You're on point, J.D. Right, we got to cut you loose because we got to go to break. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks, J.D. Hey, good on we'll JD. One. Good on JD for manning up and calling yeah. in and admit, admitting his mistakes. Well, but also, it would. I mean, if if I would have been wrong or if you would have been wrong, he'd have called back too. So it just was, leaned, leaned into it. He did lean into it. He's the best. I know Joseph is waiting, but we'll get him whenever we get back, and we'll wrap up the show with friend of the show. Joseph is. I'm. I know he's going to talk about the Lobos. I already know that. It's two men on ninety five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. You don't need a perfect bracket to make money gambling on March Madness. Tune in to Name Three Players with me, Amory Castillo, and I'll tell you how this Saturday, starting at 7 a.m. on The Sports Animal. Wrapping up the final 10 with friend of the show, Joseph, on the Sports Animal Hotline. Joseph, welcome to the program, brother. It's been too long. Yeah, no, thanks for taking my call. I wanted to talk about this game tonight with the Lobos. And I think I have three takeaways for we have to do. For the offensive side, we need to attack the basket. I've been okay. saying this all year long. If we attack the basket, there's nobody, nobody that can stop us. And then on, on the defensive side, we have to defend the three. You got to defend the three, and you have to defend um, or don't allow. Uh, second opportunities because they'll kill us if we do that. 
Yeah, the offensive rebound is a good point, Joe. And I, I mean, always you're spot on with your analysis. I know you know the Lobos just better than anyone. But, you know, the, that defend the perimeter and secure offensive rebounds, that's a hard one to balance. Like, you have to commit to one or the other. And, Van, I know you watch a lot of college basketball. Teams that, exp- that extend defensively, they don't necessarily pack the paint for defensive rebounding. You know, Joseph's playbook right here is my exact playbook for the game. And I also want to eliminate some mid-range jumpers. So besides that, Coach put Coach Richard Patino. I hope you're listening. Joseph had your game plan right there. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Is Joe still with us, or did he step out, Griff? I think he's gone. Another hot take I by Joseph. He must have Joseph. just said his take and then hung up. Okay. Sorry. Well, the, no, that's right. So I don't blame well, him. It's pretty here, Mike Droppy. Little Mike Droppy. Yeah, I agree. How many games are we in now? Thirty? Thirty-one? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many games we're in. A whole bunch. Like, I know Joseph watched all of them. Sure. You know, like, I mean, he he's the Lobo fan that is in no matter what. You know, and there's a lot of those fans. You know, we don't necessarily put the spotlight on them the way they deserve because we spend so much time affixated on jerk fan. I don't know what other verbiage to use there, Van. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's something to be said, in my opinion, um, about – the Lobo fan that has stuck it out so very long. And, you know, I got down, too. I got down when they were down. You know, I was um, overreacting. I don't know what other mm-hmm. word to use. Sure. And, yeah, in, in this Mountain West tournament, the big win last night, the obvious opportunity tonight with Utah State, this is a chance for this team to reward its fan base. And, and I'm about that. This is a big one. I mean, obviously, every win's a big one. It's a tournament. Losing, you're out. Mm-hmm. Duh paint with a broad brush here but this is a big one this is a beatable team you defend the three you make smart shots you let your ballers ball and look lobos are the more talented team utah is the deeper team they've been playing together longer they got Mm -hmm. that they got that kind of gritty college basketball mid-major kind of mentality to them and you know come this time of year you, you can see some really good results out of that but the, in my opinion, the best three players on the court are all on the, the UNM Lobos. Then after that, we could have the conversation who's the best player after that. And I think you got to let your players play and then follow Joseph's game plan here, and uh, you'll be celebrating and moving on in the tournament. I agree with you completely. I also agree with Joseph. One final NBA story. You ready for this? Hit it. Fred Van Vliet, did you see these comments? I did. All right, so tough loss last night for Fred. He's uh, he's talking to the press. Here's what he said. I thought Ben Taylor, who, by the way, is an official. I just want to make sure we're very clear mm-hmm. on that. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to clean this up because it's expletive laden. I'm yes. not even going to allude to what they are, but you can place them where you think they are. I thought Ben Taylor was terrible tonight. I think that most nights. You know, out of the three, there's one or two that just mess the game up. It's been like that for a couple games in a row. Denver was rough, obviously. He goes on to say his technical was bogus. He goes on to say that he believes that this official Ben Taylor has a personal vendetta with him. This thing went on for about, I don't know, Van, 90 seconds in a um, a presentation. I don't know what other word. A diatribe. Tirade? Yeah. Yeah, that could very much qualify. And he presented it, I thought, accordingly to the press, and he's going to catch 
what might be the biggest fine the NBA has ever given out for criticizing officials. Because well, there's, there's about 100 F-words in this thing. Lucky for Fred, he signed a four-year, $85 million deal. He can afford the biggest fine in NBA history now, thank goodness. Well, and also, like, what is the advantage of going scorched earth on Ben Taylor? Does the NBA then put in an effort to keep that guy away from officiating his games? I don't, I, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, then every NBA player will take these huge fines just to keep a, a referee they don't like away from them. What you got to do is, is you got to give them actual constructive criticism. Look, after every single game, the coach, the trainers, the players mm-hmm. are obligated to give these interviews on their performance. After they worked their asses off for a couple hours in a row, they have to go into this tiny cramped room where a bunch of microphones are shoved in their face and they get asked these uncomfortable questions the refs should have to do it also yeah excluded from that is trainers but yeah you're correct yeah yeah, the refs the refs should have to answer for this like if they if they make a couple bad calls they have to stand there and say you know what i noticed that i looked at the tape i have to do better blah 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 this is how we correct it but they're free from criticism from the players from the media they just get to do their thing cash checks and then you know have half a year off (laughs) What was the name of old boy, the first base uh, umpire who blew the perfect game in Chicago for the White Sox? Oh, you know what I'm talking about? I what do. Was the, what was the pitcher's Galarraga? name? Galarraga. Galarraga was yeah. the pitcher. And the, it, was, it was a super famous one. Not Joe West, but the other guy that kind of looked like Joe West. Um, anyways, he got up. You can look it up while I'm talking about it. Man. I'm but, uh, he, he got up there on the press box. And talk to the press and was like, hey, I screwed it up for that kid. I screwed up history. Jim you know Joyce. What I mean? Jim Joyce, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. My last thought on Fred Van Vliet is with the fall of John Morant, I think Fred Van Vliet is taking the crown of like NBA player that can do no wrong. I think he's universally loved. Correct. I think he is a pro on the court and off yes. the court. And he being the source of such criticism is going to carry him a lot of clout and tout outside of the game. And I think it was a very good decision regardless of what it cost. Oh, you know how many players have been dreaming about laying into a referee like that? He just set a new standard for shade to referees. Good program today, Van. I'm off tomorrow. Congratulations. I got Aaron Buck Burnett from KKOB in here with me. Huge sports fan. Great with a microphone. Final words? Too much for the time allotted, my friend. Anything we didn't cover, which is ample. Make sure you check out Live from Las Vegas, Nevada. The opening drive tomorrow with Jeff, JJ, and Amory. Good job, everyone. GG.